Hello, welcome to 646. My name is Dawson McManus, and we've got Al Black in the studio today. How you doing? Good, Dawson. All right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. This is All right. this is fun. Um, I know I uh, quite a while ago when I was first thinking about doing this, I you were one of the first people I had asked to to come on. Um, so I'm really glad that we're finally able to do this. Wow, I'm honored. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess we'll probably just dive into it um typically i ask people you know where they were born and stuff are you from the peterborough area i've lived here all, all my life but i was born in scotland oh really yeah shit i was, I was born uh in a little place south of uh, glasgow and uh and it's uh, a place called kilmarnock cool and my father brought me my mom and dad brought me here when i was about three or four years old Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you go back to Scotland often? Actually, I went back there in, I think it was 1988. Um, I was the only one in my family who had never gone back there. I was born there, but I'd, but I'd never gone back. Um, so I took my daughter, uh, Chloe, and uh, she was, I think, around 19 or 20. And I wanted to show her where we were from. And uh, what was really cool was that... Uh, she didn't want to spend the whole time with me. We were there for 10 days and she sure. met some younger folks and she went off and she went to hear a band called the Rootsies duo, Rootsie Tootsie duo. Cool. Good. Name. And she came back to me and she said, dad, I met this great bunch of guys and uh, I got to take you out and hear them. And so uh, I did that and uh, they, uh, they were really good. And what ended up happening was we became really good friends, especially uh, Jim Condy and I, and we call ourselves distant cousins because <laughs> since then, uh, he came over here and played a blues festival at um, Harbour Front, which I arranged for him. And then I went back to Scotland, England, and uh, I did a tour. Gary Peoples, who was in Jackson Delta at the time, he could not uh, get there with us. So Rick, uh, Rick Fines and I, we went there and uh, Jim Condy played guitar with us and he lined up a great tour. Oh, and, cool. we, and I've been back a number of times since and usually playing with uh, Jim. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I would very much like to go there. I've uh, I've never left North America. Do which... you know what's great about it? Hmm. I'd, I'd get in the car with Jim and he and he wanted me to navigate. He'd give me the map. That was before, uh, uh, you know, Google or whatever. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and I'd, I'd tell him where we're going and like everything is so close. Right. right. Yeah. It's like 15 minutes away. It's it, from... <laughs> Edinburgh to to London is a five hour drive. Holy crap! Yeah, so <laughs> so you can be you can be anywhere in the country in in about five four or five hours. Wow, yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's great for traveling and you know places that are twenty miles from each other. Uh, not like unlike here, no problem getting around and over, or overexposing yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Lots of gigs. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Huh. Except they drive on the wrong side of the road. That got me in yeah. trouble a couple of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of drifting into the wrong lane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That does freak me out a little bit, that idea. That's cool, though. Yeah. So, um, something I've been asking everybody as well is, what is your first, like, early, early creative memory? Not necessarily something that you were creating, but, like, a song you heard or a show you saw or a comedian or a painting or anything like that that was like, oh, wow, this is different. This, you know... Um, that made you th maybe think a little differently in terms of there's a your bunch of things, but um, I grew up in a household where my mother sang all the time, 
Cool. And I didn't know that every mother didn't sing, right? Right. And I remember a kid coming to my house, we were outside the kitchen window, and he thought it was the radio. And I thought that was so cool that my mother would be mistaken for somebody singing on the radio. Right. And another thing that that kind of piqued my interest in music quite a bit was my uh, my dad uh, told me about um, um, oh what's it what's it called now we were listening to a uh, a song on the radio and it was a country tune and he told me it was a ballad and I said what's a ballad and he said well the whole song is a story there's no verses it's just one long story it was Marty Robbins um, can't remember the title of the tune right now. But uh, I actually, I think I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight. And this is radio times. Every time that song came on the radio, I'd run and grab my, my uh, pad of paper. And I wrote out all the lyrics for from, from my dad. Oh, cool. And, it, he, and not that I was questioning him, but I thought, really, it, it's a story, but it's, it's, it's in the form of a song. And I wrote out all the lyrics, and I realized, yeah, it doesn't repeat anything. It was just one right. long story. And that was my first... Uh, introduction to a ballad and uh there, there are quite a few of them but sure uh, but sure. that 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 kind of sticks with me sometimes you know that's awesome yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> of course we've all sat around uh, well it depends how old you are but we all sat right. around listening to to uh, music and writing out lyrics oh yeah it's not yeah. so it's way easier now <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely is now but yeah, yeah. I, I for sure sat yeah. around with yeah. um the folks turntable oh yeah and just like oh crap okay i missed a line gotta put the needle back and stuff but you know uh, my my dad was a drummer oh and, cool and i didn't know about that until way on um he uh he came home and he said he was um he was the uh drum major for the outboard marine pipe band the outboard marine used to be in peterborough here okay where the canoe museum is right now oh neat and it was it was that and the ge were the the two biggest employers in peterborough and he was the drum major, and uh, and I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't even know he played drums, right? He might have been trying to protect me from the, <laughs> the music business. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So he, I think I was about nine or ten years old, and he used to take me to uh, their practices. So that's where I learned all my rudiments, all my my right. rolls, my single stroke rolls, double, uh, double strokes my flams and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was just a little bit too small to be carrying a side drum and wearing a kilt. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't think the kilt was very cool, so <laughs> I, he knew I didn't want to go there. But Right. Yeah. So that was like really, so very early exposure then. And yeah. both your parents are musical. So, yeah, So yeah. it's kind of genetic Oh, it was for always you. in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So then, and so drums were your, that was your first instrument then? No, actually, oh. before I even knew my dad, play drums um I, I knew i wanted to play music right and he went out and got uh, he got me a guitar and uh and there was a neighbor uh lady who played guitar and he said well we'll get some lessons for you but i i want to be elvis presley and she right. she showed up and she retuned my guitar and put a, a slide bridge on it oh and showed me how to play slide like country style dobro style oh right? cool but I didn't want to learn that. Right, that wasn't a jam at the time. <laughs> and there was a lot of that that happened to me too when I picked up the harm the harmonica. Um, uh, he he wasn't my real uncle, but since we moved to, to Canada, there was a few close family members. We just called them uncle. Sure, that's right. And he uh, he I want I I had heard uh, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee on the radio, and that just blew my mind. Right. Um, I forget the program, but you know this is going back a ways. I'm. Uh, 
I'm senior now, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know out there. <laughs> and uh, I saw them on, uh, it might have been Ed Sullivan. It might have been, uh, there's a show called Hoot Nanny. And that just dug right into me. I just thought, I got to know what this is. And I got to find more of this stuff, right? Right. So I'm uh, I'm listening to uh, some Bob Dylan, and I'm trying to figure out the the, the bends. How are they doing that? Where they make the notes bend up and down, right? Right. Because when I was playing, you know, it wasn't like a setting, so I had to find out what that was. Mm-hmm. So my dad uh, hooked me up with my uncle uh, Fred, and he played the I don't know how to describe it. It was like uh, down east music. Okay. <laughs> Which. It's cool. I like down east music. Yeah, yeah. But it had nothing to do with what I wanted to learn, right? Right. And it was a very disappointing exercise. <laughs> <laughs> he just he took me someplace really, really white. And, yeah, and that's just not where you were after. <laughs> that's not where I was going. That's not what I was trying to get to. Right? Yeah. You were you were more after that really dirty like cross harp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was. Yeah, this when I was listening to the first Rolling Stones albums, and and I right. had, had a Bob Dylan album, and I I wanted to find out what that was because it was so. It was so uh, wet and expressive, and I just had yeah. to find out how how are they doing that. And I'll tell you, I ruined a lot of harmonicas trying yeah. to do that. You know? Yeah, ben, trying to bend notes that were not there to bend, right? Sure, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I remember doing that on a lot of four hole reads, just yeah. <laughs> wrecking them. Yeah, it's an expensive mistake. Yes. Or it is now. It is now. Yeah, like they. No. So how old were you when you first started? Um, getting into guitar then did you i was probably oh gosh um probably 12 something like that okay yeah cool yeah and then harmonica was uh probably around the same time i even had an auto harp oh really yeah i had an auto harp i don't know i think it was a love and spoonful uh right they played an auto harp and i thought wow that that looks pretty cool except if you start to try and tune it you're yeah, screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That's an exercise in tedium for Impossible. sure. Impossible. Oh, so yeah. I ended up, it was an Oscar Schmidt. Right. And, you know, at that time it was a, it was a, a good instrument. And right. uh, yeah, I took it back and traded in for something. I don't know. <laughs> so the auto harp didn't really fly. Did not work. No. Not for very long at all. <laughs> That's cool though. So you got, you got started on multiple instruments really young. So you've pretty well always been a multi-instrumentalist then. Yeah, and I think I and I really believe that it's really, really valuable for any musician to at least try and play something. Oh, totally. Experiment. Don't you don't even maybe take a couple of lessons so that you understand how that instrument works and and the the, uh, the, you know what you can do on it and what you can't do on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. How many instruments do you play now? Uh, well, okay, I play drums all the time. Well, yeah, that's my main instrument, and I play harmonica. Yeah. And I play guitar, but mostly I've been playing, I play guitar at home and I, I okay. write songs on the guitar. Right. Uh, I play at uh, kitchen jams on guitar. Uh, lately I've been playing uh, like some um, open stage things on oh, guitar, cool. but, but not very often. You know, I've played with so many great guitar players. It's hard not to sort of judge your own playing. Of course. On these other people. Like, yeah. I mean... I mean, I, I've been so lucky. And you know yeah. in Peterborough, there's so many amazing guitar players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of just wild players in general. Yeah. Not necessarily restricted to guitar, but yeah, yeah. We, there really are a lot players. of really and good they all, And they all, play, they all play uh, very differently. Yeah. Like, I mean, you'll you'll never learn, if even if you sat down with Peterborough's top three, you'll never learn everything they know. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, 
pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it's just like with all the massive stylistic differences yeah. too, like it's yeah. it's so hard to be really proficient thoroughly across the board. Like, oh yeah, you can be really slamming in one style, but then like you go to tackle yeah. something else, and it's like oh, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, it's um yeah, it's, it's it is really neat. So and you sing as well, obviously. And I sing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that took a while. Yeah, that's that's singing is probably the the most difficult instrument to master and be yeah. confident in, because um, if you if you play if you play guitar or drums or whatever, and somebody says you suck, yeah. well you can go back and you can practice, you can get better at it. But if, if you're singing and somebody tells you you suck, <laughs> uh, it's it's like it's like being naked and they say you look ugly. <laughs> There's I, I don't know if I can do That's anything. A, that is a good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do anything about this, right? Right. And and it really hurts. It really, yeah. really hurts. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. So it, it I think singing is probably the most difficult hurdle to get yeah. over to get it in front of people and sing. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I know, I know for me cuz I was not a good singer for a long, a long time. I don't I, I don't know if I would necessarily consider myself a good singer now. I'm I'm more confident than I was. I love your singing. But well, thank you. I love your singing. <laughs> But uh, that's really cool because most of the people that I've that I've talked to um, that that do sing always were all, like they were fairly well able to sing already, you yeah. know. And then it was just a matter of kind of building on what they already had. From the sounds of it, anyway, maybe your starting point was not <laughs> not like where you want it to be yeah. obviously and yeah. I, at least for me i feel like my starting point vocally was pretty bleak like yeah. it was not <laughs> it was embarrassing to say the least like and then and a lot of that like wow you're a really shitty singer and it was like oh, okay so i know exactly what you mean when you say it, it makes you feel well, naked I, and someone's yeah. saying ew you look gross <laughs> you're like, oh, well, i think shit. it's it's uh you know, it is so true that you f you have to find your voice. You know, like what totally. can, what can I do? Where's my range? Yeah, and uh, you know uh, all the different techniques. You know, and there's so many. You know, singing quietly, singing. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, screaming. Yeah. getting confidence confidence to scream, yeah. and the confidence to sing very quietly because yeah. th those are both very difficult things to do. They are. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, holding control at either end of oh, the yeah. spectrum is like. It's weird when you're like almost whispering, but you're still doing it in tune. Yes, like that's a yes. weird thing to yeah. try to pull off. And then that same with the other end of the spectrum when you're just like, <laughs> you're like, God, I hope that's the right note. <laughs> well, pitch is a big thing too, especially, yeah. uh, well, you know, playing in, in bars and in, in places where the, the monitors might not be the best. If they exist at all. If they exist at all. <laughs> and, and being able to hear yourself. Yeah. Um, very difficult to do. And then sometimes listening back to yourself if if it's been recorded, yeah, and going, wow, I didn't know I was there. You know, like, I'm not quite on the, no, on the yeah. note. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it takes time. And, yeah, it is and, the most difficult instrument to master. Yeah. yeah, but it's cool though. Like when you see somebody that's taken time and persevered through, yeah. you know, wow, you suck at singing. <laughs> That, that comment where it's like, oh, God, that hurts. But you're like, I can, I'm going to do this. Yes. I have to be yes. able to do this. Yes. You know, which is, I think it's a necessity for, I mean, if you're going to be good at anything, really, not just music. And, yeah. But if you're going to be good at anything, you got to have that, you know, um, especially if it's something where you're putting yourself out in the public eye yeah. when you're yeah. standing up in front of people and going, ah, this, is, <laughs> this is what I got. Um, you, 
you not only have to be willing to run into that, oh, you stink, but to be able to pick yourself up and, oh, yeah. and dust off. And oh, go, yeah. Okay, well, let's try it again. Yes. You know, yes. and I, I think that's really cool. And it shows the, the deep passion that a lot of people have for it yeah. where they can go like, okay, yeah, that's stung. But, yeah. you know, and, and I don't better. know what you do, but I, like I'll, I'll sit at my drum kit and practice or I'll sit in the guitar and play. And I sing along when I'm playing guitar, mm-hmm. uh, not so much on drums or harmonica. But um, yeah, singing and playing harp might be tricky. Yeah, well, going back and forth. Well, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I don't do any singing, uh, practicing or exercises. When I sing, it's on stage. Right. So, and that's probably uh, something that I've really overlooked <laughs> because you should do that, right? Yeah. Um, and listen back to yourself. And and I've never take. I've actually asked a couple of people about taking singing lessons, and uh, they they just go, "Oh, well, I don't know what I can show you," and and uh, like I mean, I. I like, I mean, they're, they're, pe- they're peers, I suppose, and they don't, maybe it's, it's personal. They don't want to tell me what I should be doing or not doing. Sure. But probably going to a, a vocal coach yeah. could be a good idea. I know a lot of, of course, a lot of people like Mick Jagger, obviously all, a lot of people go to vocal coaches yeah, to learn for right? sure. techniques and how to, how to save your voice. Cause you can, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, carpal tunnel or anything like that. You can wreck your vocal cords yeah you can get injured easily and you could man I, yeah I've, I've, I've seen you screaming and i think oh my god i've i've uh <laughs> i have injured myself in the past oh i bet you um and uh but it's funny eh? yeah <laughs> there's a lot of take fun it, take it right so, to the edge yeah, right to the cliff yeah when you're like oh god am i bleeding <laughs> i think i'm probably bleeding but um you learn from that though and you then do. you go okay I got to dial it back a little bit. <laughs> got to leave something in the tank so that I'm not, yeah. so that I can do this tomorrow. Yes. You know, yes. and that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And, yeah. and like you were saying, sitting down and um, doing a lot of vocal drills and stuff like yeah. that, that was something that t- it took me a long time to get onto that. Um, well, I, I saw was, you have a piano in the studio here. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I'm going to get a piano because I, I could do it on the guitar, I suppose, but, but just, just hitting the note, like yeah. hit that note and, you know, sing it, sing it. Yep. Yep. Because yeah. that's really good for you. you know? It's really good. Yeah. And also, um, like, running multiple scales and multiple modes and yes. stuff like that. And, like, practicing interval jumps and stuff like that yeah. uh, vocally. As well as, um, like, what we were talking about earlier, too, is um, hitting those notes while utilizing dynamics. Yes. Is a, is something that... Actually, my friend Caitlin O'Connor. Do you know her? I don't think so. Uh, she's an amazing, amazing singer. Um, you know... Um, I would assume, you know, Marcus Brown and Ryan Brown yes, and I all do. those yep. cats. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, Caitlin and the, and Misha Brown have a band together called mm-hmm. Blue Hazel and they were actually on the show a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> pardon me, and they harmonize beautifully oh. together and it's super, super cool. But Caitlin's a ridiculous singer and she's a vocal coach at Long McQuaid. Okay. So every once in a while, and her teaching room is right next to mine. So if we're on a break or something in between students, I'll just pop over and be like, all right, Give me a couple of pointers real quick. Right. And then she'd be like, okay, well, these things. And I'll be like, okay, cool. I'll go work on that for like a month or yeah. however long. Because like one one thing that she could tell me will last, like, you know, t- for me to really start to utilize it and yeah. feeling like, okay, yeah, now that trick's kind of in the pocket and I can, yeah. I can deal with this. That'll take anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months, depending on the difficulty level of, yeah, yeah. of the technique. So just little things like that. I've, I've noticed have really kind of shaped what I've been able to do more and more lately. And like, yeah. um, harmonizing was always a really, 
I sucked at it for such a, I'm getting better. Like I'm still not, I'm not awesome at it, yeah. but I'm, I'm definitely improving at it. And that was something that took me a really long time to not let my ear get pulled by somebody else's note, which oh, I'm sure oh. you've, pre- yeah. Yeah. Anybody you know, I've, I've always sang uh, lead and yeah. singing harmony. Uh, it's, it's painful for me. I, I just, I don't hear it. Well, I do hear it, but I just don't, uh, I, I don't gravitate towards it. Um, I know, uh, one thing that's, that's been really surprising to me is that's how many bass players yeah. are great at harmony. And again, when you learn different instruments, you learn, uh, uh, the, the nuances of what, what they do. And bass players always play the root notes, right? Typically, Typically. unless you're walking. Yeah. Yeah. So they hear music uh, uh, in, a, in a slightly different way than other players do. I, of course, being a drummer, I hear it rhythmically. Yeah. But uh, hearing harmonies, uh, like when I hear har- uh, really well-done harmonies, it just blows my mind. Yeah. But I've, I can only do simple harmonies. And, and uh, it's been interesting. I, I've, you know, along the way, uh, learning about uh, bands like the Grateful Dead and, and the band. Mm. Yeah. Where they were not really technically uh, harmony singers. Mm-hmm. But they they learned how to sing, uh, like to jump around and make it sound good. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, technically they weren't they weren't a harmony group. Yeah. But they they put together these incredible harmonies by kind of finding places where they their voices fit, and sometimes jumping octaves in you know depending where yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. And they have they have amazing. Uh, it's an amazing effect, and I kind of do that. I kind of look for some place where maybe my voice will fit in here. And uh, somebody will say, well, you're actually just singing an octave difference. It's not a harmony. It's just an octave. Well, mm. I, I do that, but it's something that doesn't come naturally to me. And, and that's something I, maybe sometime soon I should learn how to do that. Um, even uh, even find, well, like, a, like a bluegrass harmony where you just sing, like, is that monotone? Just, yeah, it's just the, one the drone root, note. The root, the root note. Yeah. Too. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do that a lot, yeah. man. I do that a lot, a lot. Or I'll like pick just another note out of the chord. Yeah. And I'll just kind of like, you know, for however long we're on that note. Yeah. I'm, what, I'm singing the third of the chord. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. And then when we switch to the next chord, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's an easier switch to go to the five of the next chord. Yeah, Cause I yeah. just come from the, have yeah. just come from the root of, yeah. or the third rather of the other chord. So it's like, it's, it sounds more maybe like in a group, it sounds more impressive than what I'm really doing. But if it, yeah. if it was isolated, you'd be like, wow, that's yeah. All right. It's kind of weak, it's pretty yeah. rudimentary. <laughs> Thanks for I trying. Know. <laughs> you know, I know. So, sometimes I feel. I, sometimes I feel like I'm not pulling my weight. You know, when I'm pl- playing with some folks, and you know, I'm singing lead, and they're singing harmony with me, and then they'll go, "Well, sing harmony on this," and well, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes well, sing just singing the octave up or down. Yeah. Sometimes that makes it. Well, my friend you know? uh, Andy, who plays bass with me a lot of the time, he, uh, he calls it gang singing. Yeah. It's just it's just like a party sing along. You know. Just, yeah, just, yeah. You know, find a note. Just sing, sing. You know, whatever. Yeah. As long as you're not singing flat or sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're just singing straight unison. Who exactly. Cares? You exactly. know, it's just, it makes it thicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, with all that, then how old were you when you got into your first band or started jamming with other people? Even? Okay. Um, that was probably in grade nine. Nice. And, uh, and at that time... Like going back to those old days, that's in the '60s. There was a guy in high school who had really long hair, and and I had kind of long hair, and I thought, 
I got to talk to that guy because you know, uh, you know, we're listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones stuff like that. Right. So we, we I don't know how we started chatting, and he was a guitar player. Oh, nice! Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> the two longer guys <laughs> yeah. in school play music. So I said, I've, I've got a kit of drums, and he said, Well, you know, I'll bring my guitar over. So, uh, so that's Rico Fama, and and we still know each other. We still play together occasionally after that's all these awesome. years. This is a lot. We've been together a long time. Uh, we've we've uh, we played music for quite a while. We we did the road a little bit and played in country bands, rock and roll bands, and uh, we're still good friends. He's a huge uh, Jeff Beck and Leonard Cohen fan. If you can um, imagine those two things, you know, we're complicated individuals, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one side of him, he's he's Jeff Beck, and he plays he he does a great imitation of Jeff Beck. That's awesome. And uh, but he he loves Leonard Cohen too, and mm-hmm. uh, plays his music all the time. Uh, and, and I love both the, both those yeah those me too but um, yeah we got together and we uh, we had a we had a band uh, uh, I think it was called the Electric Flower Circus <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a great name that's a great name and we did we did extend extended jams you know yeah man and uh, we had, we had a ball oh, that's awesome <laughs> and uh, my mother man mothers are so great my mother uh, I don't know how she did it. You know, we were downstairs. I talked to her years later. I said, Mom, you know, you're, you were so nice. That you you know, we were down there, like, making all this racket. That's, a, you know, it must have been racket to her, right? And she said, well, I always knew where you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's another thing to say. Yeah. So, uh, no, she and she was she was really encouraging. And uh, Rick, Rico and I, we played uh, we played together, like, quite a bit. We had a little falling out, you know. The band broke up. We were pissed sure. off with each other, you know. A lot of animosities, you know. I hate your guts, well, I hate your guts too. And and then uh, we just realized we we're friends, and we still like playing music, but we just didn't want to, you know, be in the same car going to the gig together. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, so uh, but we we stayed friends, and we we still play music now and then. And uh, yeah, so I did that for a while. We you know we played uh, played like high school dances. Yeah. Uh, lots of high school dances private parties my nice. dad had a trailer uh which was kind of it was more for camping and stuff sure but what he would do um we didn't have a vehicle right so he would he would we would load everything into the trailer <laughs> all he had to do was pull the trailer into the yard we loaded up he'd drive to the gig un- unlatch the trailer and drive home right and then he'd come and pick us up at the end of the night Wow, so he was really great that way. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely something to be said for for parents that are really oh, supportive of yeah, it. Cause, yeah, because um, I know that uh, for for my brother. Have you ever met my brother Devin? I don't think so. He's a guitar player. He's yeah. really good guitar yeah. player. Actually, he's kind of he's a bit of a hermit sometimes. Though he really doesn't like yeah. going out and about, which is I think is a tragedy because he's a shredder there's a lot of musicians like that yeah and he can sing too yeah and um i I, i'm always trying to get him to play more (laughs) yeah but he just you know he's kind of a homebody and i get it you know and that's cool yeah but um it's more like a therapy for him yeah very much so very much so but i do i love playing with him because it's weird when you play with a sibling it's like I know what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's the same sort of ideas. If you've been playing with somebody for years, you get that oh, like yeah. weird psychic connection. Oh, man. Where I know about that. You're yeah. just like, oh, we're going to do that thing. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 you know, and just whatever those shots are that you're going to exactly, hit. Yeah. And you just like, and then you like, you look over at the guy that did it with you. And you're like, <laughs> nice. You know, like I love those moments. Um, but sorry, with the supportive folks, like our parents, um, we, uh, 
they put on Zeppelin four and we heard that one oh. day and we're just we're just kind of <laughs> goofing around playing a video game probably. Yeah. And we heard that and we're like, Whoa, wait a minute, game turns off. We're like, What, what is that? that? They're like, Oh, that's called Black Dog and we're like, Okay. What else you got? <laughs> and then it was just, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then um I I still to this day think my dad knew this was gonna happen. But we were at a, a fe- I used to live in British Columbia, and uh, we were at this festival in Nanaimo, and Colin James was there with the little big band. Oh, yeah. And just, what, just ripping the ass out of these guitar solos. We're like, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so we go home that night, and we're just, we're freaking out. And we're like, we need guitars. We have to have <laughs> guitars. And my dad had an acoustic and stuff, yeah. and he played a little bit. We're like, we need electric guitars. We need to do that, that thing. That thing, yeah. And he's like, well... Maybe we come home from school like a week later and there's um, there's a Strat and a, a Jagmaster, which oh, is man. a Jaguar Jazzmaster yeah, yeah, hybrid yeah. and um, and a, a Fender Deluxe that the, the like the 12 inch tube. Amp. Yeah. And um, he's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> going to teach you boys how to rock. And we're like, oh, so dad kind of got us started with that. And then um, when we first moved back to Ontario, um, they my dad built us a jam space in the basement sort of like what i've got here but like um which is you know i gotta keep yeah. it i gotta keep it rolling yeah, yeah. um and uh and mom and dad would drive us to shows out in toronto and stuff when we couldn't drive and when we yeah. were when we were too young to even supposed to be in bars they would like <laughs> sometimes like bribe bouncers and shit to get oh. us into clubs to play and or like they talk to the owner where it's like, okay, you can come in and play, but you have to wait in the car on your yeah, brakes and stuff yeah. like that. So that, that, you know, that support at home is such a, Oh, this sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it does, it, it bonds a family. So yeah, much. yeah. In a big way, yeah, in a big does. way. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's funny. Like I feel kind of bad for, for my folks in a way. Cause, and a lot of my friends that, or any of my friends that aren't musicians, cause it's all I ever want to talk about. Yeah. You know? And they're like, <laughs> so I'm afraid to ask what's new, man. It's like, oh, man, all this music stuff. And they're like, okay, that's great. You're like, you talk about theory with them, and they're like, I don't yeah. care or understand what you're talking about, man. Well, when, when, I, uh, when I started playing, like, like I say, my mom and dad were so supportive. Yeah. And, uh, and when it, my dad brought home a set of drums, I forget, well, it was, I guess it was around 15. That's when I started playing with Rico. Right. I went down, I went down the basement one morning. And there was a set of drums, and this was like, this was like something came out of the TV. It was in my, it was in my basement. That's I couldn't amazing. believe it, you know. And of course, my dad, like Gene Krupa. Oh who, who, wow! Yeah, and we used to, I used to hear that all the time. Yeah, and my dad used to play "Sing, Sing, Sing" all the time, which is nice. a great Tom Tom solo. Yeah, but um, he would go to work, and I would I would retune the drums to sound like a. Uh, Ringo's kit. Yeah, <laughs> and I try to get it back, and he and he would be so pissed off. Like, You've been tuning my drums, right? And, but he was he was so cool about it. But my mother all the time, especially when I started playing uh, full time and stuff, and even before that, she said, uh, "Oh, you got you got to uh, you got to have another uh, backup vocation. You know, you got to learn a, uh, some sort of a, a skill so that you know something to fall back on, right?" Sure. And I heard that all the time. I thought, I want to be a musician. I want to be a musician. Well, you should have something to fall back on, which was really wise advice. You know, um, not for everyone. I know some people are, are, you know, they can do that. And it's it's one in a, one in a thousand who could who could do that, perhaps. Mm. But um, I heard that all all the time, 
And then when uh, my wife Maggie and I, we opened a restaurant, which is about 20 years ago now. When my mother found out that we were opening a restaurant, and now she she worked, this is really cool too, because she worked at a restaurant and my dad played music. So I would get up, I would get up about midnight or so, because I knew my mom and dad were coming home from, these were their part-time job. My mom was, uh, a, well, back then they called my housewife, like she was a mother housewife. But uh, you know they were they were hard workers. She she mm. worked as a as a waitress in the evenings. My dad worked as a musician, so I was always so excited about getting up around midnight because yeah. my dad would come home and he'd be pulling the drums into the house. My mom would be getting home from working at the restaurant. So for me, they were they were so tired, but they they weren't mad that I was up in the middle of the night, you right? Because I was there to greet them and. They would bring home snacks, you know, when you're finished the gig or yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so coming there, off a shift. So there'd be chicken or whatever coming into the house at midnight or, or one o'clock in the morning. But um, so my mother my mother knew about the music part of it. She knew about the restaurant part of it. So when when, uh, when Maggie and I opened the restaurant, the, I think the first thing my mother said to me was, well, how are you going to play your music? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so taken aback. How are we going to play the music? play music yeah ma you never ever said that to me ever you know yeah but she saw she saw the restaurant as cutting into my musical career and she was she was very correct about that for for about two years i played some gigs like saturday nights i could play mm-hmm. but my friday nights we you know during the week gigs they were out because you know a restaurant is like 24 7 practically yeah. so she was really concerned that i was gonna like Stop backslide playing. yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. so that was Kind of surprising, but not really that surprising when I think about it, you know. Yeah. Because she she knew how much uh, it meant to me and what a yeah. big part of our life it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's wild too when you get really deep into it, just how much you rely on that. Oh yeah. Sort of outlet. Oh yeah. You know, because I I know yeah. for me, if I haven't, if I've gone like a day or two without practicing or something yeah. like that, Amber will be like, "You haven't played in a couple of days because you're acting like a dick." <laughs> You need to go play some fucking music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get, get whatever your problem is out of oh, your yeah. system. Go work that out. It's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I'll, Ma- I'll be Ma- back. Maggie's, Maggie's great. Like, I, I, came home, uh, I came home yesterday. I, I played a, a gig down in uh, Coburg. And, man, it was a fill-in gig, too. It was a, uh, I know these, these guys, and uh, the drummer has to take some time off. Uh, he's getting an operation. So I went and filled in, and, man... It was so much fun. Yeah. It was a it was a matinee from three till seven, oh, cool. and at the end of it, I felt like it was like one in the morning. Yeah, like we we got an encore, <laughs> and people are drunk, and people are are jumping around and high fiving me and giving me hugs. And, <laughs> like, wow, this is this is great. I I, I want to come back here right away, you know. And I got home and I was telling Maggie I had such a blast this afternoon, and you know, and she sees me. I'm just you know I'm just elated. I'm just yeah yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's a real rush. So, so you know, if you're, I think if you're a partner to somebody, you know, they come home like that, like that's better than coming home bitching about, you know, what happened a at work day, that day. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they can laugh along sure. with you, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and it, it's so cool. It's like such a. The only way I can equate it is, it's a, it's a real high. It is, a you high, know, yeah. when you. you finish yeah. playing you're like oh yeah i got all this <laughs> adrenaline and all these people are like clapping and cheering and oh, oh my god it's such a good feeling and oh, yeah. and it, it's a it is a very positive energy to bring home oh, for yeah. sure well people say well oh you know you're playing well if i play a gig till midnight and they'll say oh well 
you'll you'll be home at one o'clock in bed. Says, no, no, no. I said when I get home, I need an hour at least. Yeah, at least. And I'll watch music videos. I'll watch. Uh, yeah. You know. You know. I come home and eat. And, yep. And I reflect on the night, and you know, haul in my gear, and you know, just reflect. It's been a. It was a great night. You just can't. You just can't come home and go to sleep. Yeah. It doesn't it work is, that way. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a high you have to come down from. And yeah, it takes, you really do. It takes you an hour or two at least. Yeah, yeah. at least. Like if I play till one, I'm probably in bed at three. Uh, yeah. Just like because yeah. there's the there's the the tear down. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the the you know the loading and unloading of gear again, yeah. uh, as well as the drive home from wherever you're coming yeah. from, and then yeah. Even, then you got to count all that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we joke. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> oh wow, cool. So I've been playing for twenty years, and uh, I practiced for what like thirty hours this week for this gig, and I got one hundred and thirty dollars. It's a tough way to make a living, but it's a great way to make a life. Yeah, yeah, it, yes. It, it, I like that. I like that. Tough way to make a living, but a great way to make a life. I like that a lot. You can have it. Thank you. I'm gonna. I'll use that. I'll, I'll credit you because that. You know, obviously, I'm not. I'm not clever enough to come up with that on my own. But that's really good. I don't know where that came from. It's... That's good though. Yeah. That's yeah. deep. All right. <laughs> oh man. So. Um, that, that band you had in high school, was that all the way through high school? Or or did you have multiple bands in high school? No. Or... In high, during high school, I, I was uh, Rico and I played for a while together. And right. then we, uh, yeah, uh, some other players, uh, they just went off. They, it was, they were just dabbling. Sure. But Rico and I, obviously, we're both playing music now. We You know, it's a lifetime endeavor for us. And, yeah. Uh, but I think after that... Um, I think it was Bobby Watson. This this is a this is where the story gets kind of interesting. Bobby Watson was playing with a country musician in town here, and country music was where the at that time was where the money was at. Right. Because you know, they were country uh, crowd were big drinkers. Yeah. Lots of money to be made there. So at the end of the night, the bars did really well. They could pay more money. Sure. So Rico called me up and he said, uh, Bobby Watson called me and he's he's quitting this this guy. He needs a, a drummer and a guitar player. Are you in? I said, well, yeah, sure. Because at the, at kind of at that time, a lot of a lot of there was a lot of crossover stuff, right? A lot of country music was kind of rock and rollish, you know, like Jerry mm-hmm. Lee Lewis. Everybody liked him, and the country players liked him, and there was a lot of players kind of like that. Johnny Cash. Yeah. So you you. What what I mean is like uh, technically you could you could uh, lots of four four yeah um, country music played a lot more in three four time mm-hmm. and that wasn't that all that difficult to get get onto so him and I we worked with this guy f- and uh, they could have made a movie about this guy this he was he was uh, and I think they did make a movie it wasn't about him in particular but it was about a, a country musician like him he was not very good technically but he could really work a crowd. Right. And uh, lots of drinking. I learned how to drink <laughs> or how to, <laughs> how to drink drunk. I learned how to drunk drum uh, from, uh, uh, from the get go. Cause there was a lot of that involved. <laughs> so that was a learning curve yeah. uh, for me. I, I survived <laughs> that obviously, but um, it was a, it was one endless party working with this guy. And uh, I did that for about three or four years. And in the meanwhile, um, he always had rock and roll musicians. I don't know why that was, but we were all, he always had rock and roll musicians. I think for the energy and for 
he could jump off the stage and we could we could make up stuff. We were right. You we knew could, how to jam. We could we could jam. Yeah. Uh, we could jam on uh, Jerry Lee Lewis or uh, Little Richard, anything like that. Right. And uh, he would jump off stage and kind of jump around and work work the crowd. This is a country guy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so we did that for a while. And um, what was funny was uh, twice I think during that band, uh, Rico and the bass player would come to me and say. Uh, really sick of this we should start a rock and roll band so we'd go to to this guy robert a and we say well we're gonna we're gonna venture off onto our own and the first thing he would say to me because i i don't know why he picked on me but he would say you're fired and then he'd hire me back after our rock and roll venture failed that happened twice i think <laughs> but i i did that and i think that that was and i i played country music now and then i always found it a, a really good discipline to because there's there there's there's such a history of country music and and blues and rock and roll, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's kind of obvious when you look at Americana music. You know, you can see that, right? Yeah. Like Steve Earle, I, what's he? He's kind of a country musician, but he's kind of a folky rock and roll. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of crossover. A lot of crossover. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from that history, that American music history, right? Mm-hmm. And even jazz, like the playing in in the th- uh, three four time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I've never kind of dissed country music. I, some of the newer stuff I do, which, <laughs> which I, I, I don't know. I don't even want to go there because it's, sure. it's such a disappointing thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like bad rock music. I know. It's like, but uh, with twang, with tw- twang, rock, twangy rock, rock music. Yeah. But anyways, and it all sounds <clears throat> excuse me it all sounds the same and i know yeah. probably it doesn't to somebody who's really into it but yeah. um but you know when you listen to hank williams or uh you know right. like hank snow and merle haggard and johnny cash like as soon as they play you know who it is like, yeah right away you know who that is yeah. right? willie nelson yeah. you know who that is you can't yeah. mistake them but i i have a hard time differentiating who, who's playing music now in that vein i think but, a big part of that is just how super overproduced and kind of sterile sounding it's, it's is. a machine it's, yeah it's a yeah, it's, yeah. they're churning out songs mm-hmm. that they they have a formula that works and yeah. they want to churn them out and make big money off them for and, sure uh, and a lot of those singing artists like that's it's just a vocalist right they're, yeah they're a lot of them aren't writing those tunes it's a it's a no it's the same kind of writing group that yeah so you're, you're, you're people, not experiencing so. that story of that artist like, yeah you're not hearing what they're going through like i mean in their life like i mean yeah. you listen to somebody like hank williams you can hear that's his story yeah and you you can easily believe it yeah whereas now you hear somebody singing and you're like i don't believe you for a second no you're, that that didn't happen to you no it didn't yeah. happen to you yeah. yeah and then like like you're saying like merle haggard and uh willie nelson and all those old cats you hear that stuff and you're like yeah, yeah. that dude feels yeah. that yeah. like you're driving you know? down the road in a pickup truck on a dirt road like you don't have it you don't drive dirt roads in a pickup truck you've got yeah. a an SUV and you yeah. know a tour bus and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like dude I, sh- I saw you show up in a Jag what the hell are you talking about you don't have a pickup yeah but anyways I've I, I have always liked like like traditional uh, country music yeah and uh, you're gonna learn a lot from it yeah yeah for yeah, sure well the, I I feel like there's a lot to be gleaned from just about any style really yeah, yeah. um like, any honest music yeah is what I lo- always look for it doesn't yeah, matter who totally. it is yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very much a a proponent of I don't care what you classify it as. Yeah. If it's played well and it if if it feels really genuine, yeah. then I'm I'm into it. Yeah. You know. So 
If yeah. you have to try and explain to me what genre of music it is, I'm interested right away. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of this and it's a bit of that, you know? Yeah. Well, it got me kind of peaked here. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. A, lo- a lot of the time when people ask me what I typically play, because it's like, it is a pretty broad spectrum because yeah. I, because I like so much stuff. Oh, most... you always surprise me. I, and then, oh, I can't believe he's doing this tune. You know? <laughs> I love this tune, you know, oh, and it's, cool. you jump, you jump around, but it all fits together really well. Yeah. Well, it, it, it in broken harmony, especially, um, like it's it's the same dudes playing yeah. the stuff. So I would hope that it sounds like us, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Whether or not it's like you know whether we're playing a Wilson Pickett song or whether we're playing Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, you know, I would, <laughs> which we'll do that in the same night, and yeah. it kind of throws people for a loop. But that's that's kind of the fun, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like oh. <laughs> You enjoyed that? Well, let's see if we can get away with this really weird pick. You know, it's like, oh, you dug that one too? Cool. How about some Four Seasons? And the people are like, what the hell? Okay, cool. You know, why not? Why not? If it's all good, you know, if, yeah. you're, if you're drawing on good material, why not? And same with like writing a lot of stuff. So most of the time, if anybody asks me what I play, I'm just like, rock and roll. Because that's such a broad yeah. genre now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think maybe, you know, back in in the 60s it would have been a little bit more like oh you said rock and roll so it's yeah, this stuff yeah. <laughs> now i i don't know if it's a, a detriment or not or if it's lucky but it may it does make it easier when yeah. people say what do you play i play rock and roll you know because <laughs> that could be just about anything yeah and yeah. you and you're covered you know hey, you want to hear a real stretch on the, on genres yeah uh, yeah I went, I went to hear a band called tenariwen do, do you know who tenariwen? they are they're no, from mali a cool name, yeah they're from mali oh you should check them out they're amazing Okay. It's called Desert Blues, and uh, I kind of found out who they were a little bit through uh, Robert Plant. He, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's I th- I'm he sold has, already. If he hasn't played with them, he's he, he's done. Uh, there's a, a, a festival in in the desert, which takes place in Mali, I believe. And Tenariwen, I forget how I even found out about them, but I have all their albums. <laughs> I love them. Nice. But I went to see them at the the Mod Club in Toronto, and um, and. Uh, they put on a, an amazing live show. I don't know how to describe their music, but they have two guitar players, a bass player, uh, two singers, and a djembe player. Oh, and cool. it's it's funky, it's bluesy, it's hypnotic. It's got that droney hypnotic thing going right, on. Right, right. Really hard music to stand still to. It's really groovy. Good. But but so we're listening to all this desert blues, and I'm talking about electric guitars too here. Yeah. And they live in the desert and they 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 used to share a guitar like uh, they would just pass a guitar to somebody else and they would play it wasn't like one guitar player owned their guitar right they had one anyways they're doing really well right now cool but um i went to see them at the mod club and uh and they're playing all their their hits i'm doing the air quotes here right doing all their hits (laughs) and then they start playing this one tune and i'm going there's something really familiar about what they're doing here and I and I swear the whole crowd at the same time started laughing and clapping. They were doing a rap tune. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was so infused with their style of this desert blues that you couldn't catch it at first. But then right. then after a little while you go, he's he's rapping. They're rapping. Here. Yeah, <laughs> playing this funk, funky rap tune. And they were just doing it. They were they were here touring America, and I think they just threw it into sort of. You know, um, a way of get, kind of getting closer to to a, a Western audience. Yeah, you know? yeah, we for can sure. do we can do this. You know, we can yeah. check this out. 
But it was yeah. great. It was hilarious. That's awesome. You know what you might get a kick out of too then? Um, there's a band called The Gourds, and they're like a bluegrass group. Yeah. And they actually do one of my favorite covers ever. And they do a version of Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. But they do it bluegrass. Bluegrass. It's amazing. <laughs> like, like, I'll be rolling down the street, smoking indoors, sipping on gin and juice. Laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I'll, um, I could, I'll, I'll send you a link to it because yeah, I, I think oh, I you probably get stuff. a kick out of it. It's pretty funny. Um, so when you were playing with the country band, because you, you were with them for, you said four years? Approximately? About three or four years. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you do any recording with them? Or was that no, like an all live thing? N- always live. And we we did, uh, I think we did a couple of uh, community TV shows, like a, you know cable shows. Oh, cool. But I don't think we have anything that was recorded. But after I played with them, I went, I worked uh, again. I think this might have been through Bobby Watson again. Bobby Watson's great. He's a good friend of mine. We were neighbors for a long time. And yeah, he's just a wonderful guy. Good player. But I th- oh, yeah. Yeah. But he called me up and... Uh, and he said, I'm playing with a blues band. I'm just wondering if you want to play. play. Uh, we have got a gig. I think it was in Coburg. And, uh, and uh, you know, I thought, this is a dream come true. Bobby's going to be in the band. And we're going to be playing blues. Like, I mean, that sold me. Like, I mean, I'm on. Tell me where to, where to be, when to be, be there. Right. So I went and I played with this blues guy, uh, Harmonica Zeke. And he's from again cut from that same cloth, that frontman thing. Uh, we we called him Sneaky Zeke because uh, <laughs> he was always he was always con in the band, like I mean underpaying us, uh, ah, sure. showing up and not quite what we were expecting. And uh, yeah, he was kind of a bit of a con man. But uh, and that's a name I don't mind dropping. I don't care if he hears this, but <laughs> 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 because he, he I think he knows. But anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I, I I went and it was it was an awesome gig. Uh, I had so much fun. And uh, a bass player named Rick Ramsey from Coburg, who uh, he works he's he worked for many years with Paul James band, and um, and I played with Harmonica Zeke for uh, uh, again probably about three or four years, and we traveled all over the place. Um, and at that time, uh, that was it was very depressing. That was during the uh, disco era. Mm. It was hard to get a gig, yeah. And we had we didn't we never sold out, but we uh, we you know we 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 kind of funked up our blues a lot, and uh, you know <laughs> we tried our best to compromise, right? But I had a blast in that band again. Uh, he he always hired the, the best musicians. I always wanted to quit that band, but I never want. I always wanted to quit him, but I never right. want to quit the band. You know? Right, right. It was so difficult, and yeah, uh, it's it's tricky to walk away when the band you're playing with oh, is just hot as shit. Oh, you they know, were killer, oh. all killer players. Yeah. We, we had we had players from all over the place. At one time, we had a we had a lineup. The guitar player was from Thunder Bay. Uh, Rick Ramsey was from Toronto. Uh, Zeke lived out in Madoc, someplace on a farm. And then we had another player in Belleville, I think. And it was just a matter of uh, getting a phone call. This is, be, you know, before the internet. Get a phone call, <laughs> time and place, and we'd all show up. And we'd, we'd, we'd do our gig, and then we'd all take off and go home again. Wow. So we're from all over the place. And, uh, again, we, we toured mostly around Ontario, a little bit in Quebec. Right. And uh, and it was, it was a blast playing with him. Like, And I do have a recording of that band. Um, it was... Uh, it was recorded in Kingston, and I think it was 
sent out from their radio station uh, all across uh, southern Ontario and northern parts of New York State. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, it's a really nice recording. And, like a uh, single? No, it's a, a live uh, concert. Oh, yeah. right on. Yeah, and the sax player used to play with uh, Little Richard. He played with Downchild for a while. Like a Shit. really great sax player. And um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I did that for, for uh, like a, again, about three or four years. And uh, I learned a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. the, nice, the nice thing about playing with really good players is, uh, is learning. Um, yeah. Once they've kind of went through a, 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 their own learning curve, I, I, I was, uh, well, the first thing I had to learn in a blues band was that there's a lot of shuffles, a lot of slow blues. So I have to learn how to play different kinds of shuffles. I can't yeah. play the same shuffle on every song. So I've got to, how can I make this song sound different? And how can I make e- each of these shuffles sound different so that they have their own kind of unique qualities? For sure. And same with slow blues too. So, um, those players in that band and you really should listen to other players because they hear things when you're inside of your instrument, you often don't uh, hear what you could be doing. Uh, right. And so these players actually turned me on some really great drummers that they were, they were their favorites. If the guitar player loves this drummer over here, then maybe I should give that drummer a listen because, oh, totally. you know, because that's, that's, that's going to connect me with yeah. He's going to feel comfortable. I'm going to make yeah, him yeah, feel comfortable. Yeah. And he's going to go, yeah, that's that's what I was looking for, right? Yeah. And that makes my playing so much easier because I'm not kind of you know pushing and pulling what you're doing. Yeah, you can just so, slide right yeah. in. Yeah. And then why not expand the toolbox? Oh, right? yeah. Like just constantly. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer in, in going out and listening to people who, who you know, you may consider to be not as good as you. Sure. Uh, younger players. Yeah. Like you guys. I learned so much going to hear you. I, oh, I, uh, I go out. Well, well, uh, for instance, is, uh, is Sean, uh, what's, the, uh, Hallahan? Or? Hallahan. Yeah. Hallahan. We got, we got talking, we got talking one night about swing, about swing in the beat, you know? Mm. And he, he's going like, yeah, I, I want to do, I want to do more of that. Like swing in the beat. Cause that's, that's kind of where I come from. My, my dad was a swing drummer and, and I, I think I, te- I know most people tell me, you know, I got a good swing feel. Right. Well, Sean, Sean goes away and then I come back and I hear him playing with, uh, with Jane Archer. Right. And he's doing, um, uh, shaky ground. Oh, and yeah, I play, yeah. I play it kind of square and straight. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, I don't know why I just, it, it seems to work with, uh, with what every, about everybody else in the band is doing. Sure. And then I hear Sean and he's swinging it and I'm thinking, God damn it. I got to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta take my own advice, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He just put it back in my face. And I, thought, I gotta do that, you know. Yeah. Damn it, he's doing it. That's why I, I want to play it like that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, totally. But but, but other players can really, uh, they can hold a mirror up to to your playing. They can uh, give oh, yeah. give you really good ideas, and you know they're good critics. And uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like and like what you were talking about doing fill in shows for people and stuff. Yeah. I love doing those because. It forces you outside your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. And, like, <clears throat> I actually had to fill in last night as well. Uh-huh. Um, and I had to learn, like, 50 tunes in two weeks. And 
like a lot of them I'd I'd heard a lot of them before yeah. all of them yeah. I heard everything before um, hearing them like being familiar with them is different than oh, playing oh very much yeah. very much so yeah. <laughs> and then you start like getting it's a into little it. bit of an advantage but but not always yeah no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you start getting into it you're like oh oh wow that's that's a good idea you know and you're like damn okay cool I'll, yeah I'm gonna file that one away yeah. you know and just little things like that and then just when not just playing to the records but then when you get on the stage and you're playing with with the other people oh yeah. you're like oh, okay you kind of interpret it this way yeah. so that forces my playing a little more in this direction you know because yeah. you kind of because <clears throat> i've been playing with uh with brandon for uh about four years uh now and um and marcus for about a year so mm -hmm. you start to and, and sometimes uh, Greco, if yeah. like, it, we switch between Marcus and Greco yeah. uh, quite a bit, but like, and like, I know how I'm going to play if I'm playing with Greco. I know how I'm going to play if I'm playing with Marcus, yeah. but then the way I interact with Brandon, I mean, that hasn't really, yeah. um, it's only grown. I mean, it hasn't yeah. changed so much, but as we grow as players, the Evolved. way, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Struggling with that word, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but then playing with a completely different band, you know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. <laughs> okay cool and that's a big part of the reason why i love those um those blues jams too um which i, I definitely want to talk about those a, yeah. a, a little bit later get really into those but just throwing yourself into kind of you know unfamiliar waters yeah. you're like oh yeah okay that's right i can't just rely on the same old stuff all the time i go i yeah. have to keep growing yeah and uh yeah very useful so yeah Anyway. Yeah, you have you have to kind of stay loose, but you you have you have to be very uh, definite what you do. You can't kind yeah. of like fluff your way. You have to yeah yeah be yeah. confident. Yeah, people can usually smell a bullshitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. So um, it, that that recording uh, with what was that band called? That blues. Do you remember? Well, we had a few names. I think the okay. last the last version was uh, Captain Marvel and oh man, I can't Captain. <laughs> Captain Marvel, I think it was Captain Marvel. I think. Oh wow! Well, yeah. Comic he thought, fans. He thought, he thought quite. Yeah, he thought quite a bit. Uh, he thought quite highly of himself. But, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, so he was Captain Marvel. He was Captain Marvel. Oh God. Yeah, the harmonica. I, yeah. I thought maybe he was. He just was a fan of DC Comics or something. Uh, that too, I think. But he <laughs> no, he was a, he was a really great harmonica player. A really good cool. harmonica player, and he he worked with Ronnie Hawkins for a little while and played okay. with different people. Um, but yeah, I and actually. Uh, before you ask the question, I, I did that. And then I had, I hadn't played in Peterborough for a long time. Cause we were, like I say, I was waiting for the phone calls. Right. And I'd right. be gone playing. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I almost completely lost track of all my connections in Peterborough. Right. Just cause I was away from town all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I got a call from, uh, I think it was Mike Langford. He's a local guy. He doesn't play much anymore. I don't believe. Um, and uh, like I say, I hadn't played here for a while. I don't know how he got my name. Oh, I think I'd been playing. I'd I played with him a while before. This chronologically, I'm all over the place here because I was playing. I played in bands where where um, I played for stretches at a time, but kind of in between, I was playing with other bands. You know, doing fill-ins. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. All that other stuff too. So I I had met Mike. So he uh, he had a gig, and I went and played with him. And he did kind of. Uh, They're all like radio rock tunes. Right, and uh, there was this young guitar player, uh, tall, skinny guy with blonde hair and glasses, uh, Rick Fines, and 
he was uh, he was 17, I think, 17 or 18. And uh, anyways, on that gig, uh, we started talking. I said, man, I just, you know, I love your playing and what you're doing. And and he 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 kind of knew of me through his uh, his older brother Matt and through the, the circles and oh and I and in there I'd played with uh, actually I'd played with another band Maximus and the Gorillas for we did okay. a bunch of touring too so I'd been away for a long time but he knew of me through his brother Matt and then uh, we started talking and then I started going to uh, I think we just basically were doing jams at this house for a while and then we decided to put a band together and that became uh, Loose Change. And we did a lot of uh, blues rock. It was, it was right. all rock, but it was all <clears throat> all rock tunes that had really uh, strong roots in blues. Right. Uh, George Thorogood, um, yeah. uh, you know, ZZ Top, all that kind of stuff. Nice. So we had a lot of fun <clears throat> doing that. But um, to make a long story short, Gary Peoples, who uh, Rick had met in his neighborhood, uh, he saw him on a porch playing guitar. He kind of came into the band, too. And so this is probably hmm, mid '80s, something like that. That's when that's when uh, Rick and Gary and I we started talking more and more and more about blues, like the the traditional blues. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had I had uh, this old drum kit, an old Ludwig drum kit with a 26 inch bass drum, I think, calf hides, and a snare drum. I bought for another pro- music project I'd done many years before. It was kind of an arts, it was kind of a rock art or a music art gig. We did a lot of, uh, it was very visual. It was very, there was a lot of uh, of dancing, uh, soft shoe. We played everything like Ry Cooter through uh, vaudeville stuff. A oh, lot wow. Of, it was really wacky. Totally, yeah. totally wacky. That's uh, cool, band. though. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> People... It, it, they just loved it. It was just so. It was. Just, we were just so much fun. Anyways, uh, we looked. We looked wacky, and we. You know, you never knew where the music was going to go. We had a kazoo section. That's we have, amazing. We didn't have horns. But we had kazoo section, and they, and uh, yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was very crazy. It was so much fun. Lots of drugs and everything too. Yeah, I bet. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so I had. So I. I had this drum kit, and I hadn't played it for a long time. So uh, I set it up and. Uh, uh, you're probably familiar, like a, an older drum kit. It's not loud like a rock kit, right? Right. So it's got calf hides, mm-hmm. big old bass drum, with a with a soft beater. So it's got a kind of a, a boof boof instead of yeah. pump pump. Yep. And uh, the snare drum, uh, brushes, uh, cool. hi hat, and I started. I went to. That's when I started picking up my harmonica again and playing more. Right. And I put it on a rack, and we started playing all this uh, old uh, vintage blues stuff. And we. Uh, we did our first gig at the Hangman, which no longer exists at Trent, or at uh, Trent University at uh, Peter Robertson College. Okay. Yeah, they tore that down a few years ago. More than a few years ago now, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, they ran a line to uh, Trent Radio. Oh, cool. And they they uh, they sent it out live, and uh, that might have been the first or second gig we did, but we started getting all this this response, and people were no longer wanting to hire Loose Change; they want to hire. Jackson Delta right. and that name came up because we had to have a name on the spot basically um, we knew they were going to ask the question so we were at the hangman and I just thought well we play Delta Blues and Jackson Creek uh, Jackson Delta yeah, yeah, good with that and, we, and I think we call it Jackson Delta Blues Band at first but right. then we just shortened it Right. and uh, and so we started getting all these gigs and then uh, 
we we put out our first CD just as Eric Clapton was putting out Unplugged. Oh wow! So I don't know I don't know what exactly what they call it. There's a marketing term for that, where you where you basically ride the coattails of some other big marketing right. scheme. Right. So we just went, you know, we skyrocketed. It was just that we the phone just kept ringing. We just kept getting gigs, and we we had this thing that people were kind of interested in, right? Right. This re- return to the blues and return to uh, you know this unplugged this idea of unplugged right right and hearing a lot of the blues tunes that people were possibly familiar with as electric tunes but played in the original styles you know? right right <clears throat> so we we did that for uh, for quite a number of years and we tra- and again we traveled all over the place yeah right on yeah with that. I gotta say about that too um, just with the the rack uh-huh. uh, playing harp and drums at the same time yeah. That blows my mind because um, I can I can barely play harmonica and bass at the same time, and bass only requires two limbs. Drums, you got your feet and your hands going, and you're playing harmonica, and you're not doing that like the style of harmonica playing that I'm not crazy about, which is it's oh, not yeah. that like sloppy, uh-huh. nasty yeah. shit. Like you're yeah. playing really cool nice stuff you're getting clean isolated notes <laughs> and like you're playing it the the way that i feel a real harmonica player should play but and i have a hard enough time doing that stuff with a rack on because yeah. it, the, the control is There's things you can't do with a rack y- yeah for sure yeah like the control of of your hands to a rack is there's like to me no comparison but i'm you know um i'm i'm not as good a Heart player as you are well, so damn close um, i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> by the by though thank you so much for that uh that gift package. package you left for me that's awesome well, that's really cool i've actually i've got it in my lesson room at at work and um i was showing some of it because i have a couple harmonica students yeah um i was i was showing them something i'm like look at this stuff look at this this is awesome look at all these names of people i got it like a handful of them i already know oh the, but the list of the all big the list of the oh, players yeah. and i'm like so I'm, I'm i'm slowly i'm slowly making my way through through a couple of them i oh, haven't excellent. had a whole lot of time this week because i was prepping for that uh, for that fill-in show yeah uh, and like a lot of that stuff like i'd played i think maybe four of the songs before that were on this okay. list of 52 songs that i had like two weeks to learn so i'm like oh. <laughs> but it was like calling me it's like investigate and i'm like oh i, I can't yet though i need yeah. I, mm, ah. but um yeah very cool and uh i've been going through um i've gone through i think like two chapters of the book that you gave me as well the oh, yeah uh, the har- country uh, harmonica. yeah country yeah. and blues harmonica for yeah. the musically helpless well, you know, or you hopeless know, or something musically like hopeless, yeah. hopeless yeah. you know i i <laughs> I, t- I taught harmonica for a while and it, I, i'm glad you got a couple of students because there's not that many people there's that not to learn yeah and um the one thing i always you know when i have a lesson is is you know like we were talking about earlier i ruined so many harmonicas trying to do the impossible yeah and here i'm going to give you a shortcut it's going to save you a lot of money if nothing else it'll save yeah. you money yeah and um yeah and just show them uh some shortcuts but i've talked to a number of my harmonica friends about teaching and uh the most obvious one is is bending a note and uh yeah. most of the time it's it's they, they talk in metaphor like uh, uh the, the one of the, one of the funniest ones it's like jumping up with a basketball and and dunking the basketball in the net i kind of get what he's saying huh up 
and, and down. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that. Get but it really doesn't help. And and even the one of the most in-depth ones, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he's the master of overblown, the overblown style. Anyways, it probably won't come to me, but um, Carlos Dejunco took lessons from him. Oh, whoa. You, you know who I'm talking about? I know uh, who Carlos Dejunco yeah, is. Yeah, well, he took lessons from, uh, I just can't think of his name right now. But anyways, um, he had a friend do an ultrasound of his mouth while he was playing harmonica. And it's it's amazing to see what your mouth and your tongue are doing, right? Yeah, I But bet. it really doesn't help you to yeah. understand. You know, if I see a picture of somebody putting their fingers on the frets, you, you understand. Yeah. But to show an ultrasound, well, I mean, I don't really know how I can make my tongue look like what's on the ultrasound screen. Right. right? Like, I don't know... Yeah, how they're you, doing that, right? Yeah, because it's all yeah. it's 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 kind tactile of, only. It is. Like yes. there's you you take no visual cues. Yeah. Oh, and another thing about playing harmonica, I just got to throw this in too, is that sure. there's so many uh, uh, women that wanted to take lessons, and what, not a lot, and now and now there happens to be out there quite a few women who are who are amazing harmonica players. They're masters at the harmonica, but. F- for a short time there, uh, a number of years ago, I realized that that a woman could come into a bar and sit and watch the guitar player, and you can kind of see what they're doing, and you can go over and ask them maybe on a break, how you know what are you doing there, but harmonica, first of all, most of it takes place inside of your mouth, and then yeah. you've got your hands cupped over your harmonica, yeah. so you have no idea yeah. what the hell are they doing, yeah, and so for a woman to walk up and ask a harmonica player like i'm watching you with your your hands over your face what's going on behind your hands there because you know i like the sound of that i'd like to learn yeah so for a woman especially there's there's a there's a bit of a wall there to learn harmonica and for for many many years it was always a, a male instrument yeah and i didn't know that no not Big Mama Thornton. I was just gonna say, Big Mama Thornton is really the, the only, only one I know. Probably of. the only one in in that in that generation, right? Yeah, or she was men. good too. She was really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's great to see so many women playing harmonica now, and there are some uh, amazing, amazing talents out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is a cool instrument. Just in terms of uh, when you're talking about the analogies and metaphors and yeah. similes and stuff, the one that I use it, uh, for draw bends. Yeah. <clears throat> Is um I try to just for the 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 tongue movement yeah. to get people started. I tell them to think about um trying to drink a milkshake that's too thick through a straw oh. that's too thin, <laughs> and you get that that thing yeah. where you're like nah, yeah. and that's kind of the that's the closest sort of simile yeah. that I can come up yeah. with for or them. Yo yo yo, yo or young young young. Yeah, that too. Yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, which is funny because like that's like um a lot of well a lot <laughs> my two students have asked me about the vibrato thing and i'm like oh, well yeah. there's a couple of different styles right there's the yeah. tongue there's the the diaphragmatic yeah and, and um you can you know there's just a few different ways yeah. you can do it yeah but i was like um i was explaining the tongue thing i was like and the tonguing works like the tongue vibrato works i was like the only thing you got to be careful is, is you might accidentally bend a note that you're not yeah. trying to bend yeah. so i i'm i'm a more of an advocate of the the diaphragmatic yeah. and vibrato yeah. and i i just I kind of prefer the sound sometimes, not yeah. always. I yeah. mean, there's obviously a place for everything, yeah. but uh, I, I I did a workshop with a, a player. He was from uh, I think he was from Quebec, Alan Lamontagne, and 
we joked about it. his name was Alan Le Mountain. Oh, okay. It was Alan Black. We called we did our workshop together at Black Mountain. Oh, cool! <laughs> like Black anyway, Mountainside. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, awesome. um, he he played the traditional tongue style. Do you know how oh, you, you trough like, your tongue? Yeah. And and that yeah, stuff. You, you don't move the harmonica in your mouth. You move your tongue. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's it's a whole different sound. It's weird, right? It's very weird. Um, he could do a. Uh, very quick note movements back and forth, like yeah. little runs and things. Wow. Like, I mean, it's something, you know, once you learn the, the purse mouth method, you, you, you know, it's hard to unlearn or, that. or yeah. you know, go somewhere else. But uh, I was very fascinated <laughs> with it. And I'd never uh, played with anybody who, or been around anybody who played that style. It was very, it was very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> really weird. Yeah. You do a lot of tongue blocking in your playing too. Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to learn a lot more uh, kind of chording things. Um, yeah. Talking about playing drums and harmonica, there's things that I have trouble doing. Um, when I'm playing a, 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 a double shuffle, like playing playing the shuffle with, with on the snare and the, and the hi-hats or cymbals with both hands, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it doesn't come naturally to be able to play harmonica on top of that. I bet. I, <laughs> I, I can swing shuffle and I can play, and it's very easy. But once I, I go to... There's certain things on the drums, and I and I I'm constantly working on that. When sometimes if I play a run, um, it might take me a, you know a couple of mistakes or a couple of flubs until I can do a run on the drums. I've been working on some things like that, but it was really interesting listening to uh, Levon Helm talk about singing and playing drums because right. uh, I do know from recording uh, again with my friend Andy. He he said you know you, and I've done overdub singing on top of my kit. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, when you sing your overdubs, you sing differently than when you're singing at the kit. And I really wish you'd sing those songs while you're playing drums because your vocals sound more like you. And Levon was talking about how, and he's, he's great. He, he's, he's a, <laughs> he's a quirky guy. I love it. He's uh he's so, he's so uh, meat and potatoes, but he talks about singing and how he places his voice between the beats. I don't know if he's doing that or if he, that's how he explains what he's doing. But when I'm right. when I sing, I I tend to sing with the drum kit. When I'm singing uh, on mic and not on the kit, I realize well I can kind of hold, I can kind of come in late. I can if I want to come in you early. Can play I with your time a little. I yeah. can play with the time. I can fool around with that, you know, because the drummer's back there and he's got the he's got the beat going right. Right. And so I might tend to overdo that because I can. I can do right. that. Right. You have <laughs> so, that freedom now yeah. that you don't have when yeah, you're don't locked do in. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Come on. Sing like you always sing. Right. And, and that's how I, I think that's how I play harmonica too. I uh, I, um, I definitely play to the drum kit. What I can, I play to what I can do. Right. And I do like playing a lot of, a lot more rhythmical things now. I like playing runs and things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I can get in trouble, you know, because sure. if I'm doing and I've I've done this, it's hard for a non-musician to maybe see this, but I'll be playing, I'll be playing a run and going, you know, this is this is going to be so awesome, you know, I've just got this idea, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play with this, and then I get out on this limb, <laughs> and I'm going, where the hell is the change coming, you know? Yeah. And so now I'm now I'm out on the limb and I'm kind of I'm kind of faking my way through this and then I'm playing and I'm listening to the guitar player and then he goes to the change and I go, "Oh, there I am. I'm back on I'm back on board again." Yeah. 
Nobody knows except me. Yeah, you know, but... it's that like, <laughs> falling down the stairs and landing on your feet kind exactly, of thing. Exactly. That's yeah. What it, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh man, I I know exactly. We I've I've run into that a couple of times where um because I've been really getting into uh, the last like year or so. Year maybe two. Uh, I did um I sang for a uh, a Dave Matthews tribute not too long oh, ago. Oh, I saw that. Somebody yeah. was oh. talking to me about that the yeah. other day. I said, I was there. Yeah, you were there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you stayed long enough to hear the one tune, but we did uh, this one song called What Would You Say that had harmonica in it. And um, so at first, like when they first told me, oh, yeah, you get you get to play harp. I was like, oh, OK, cool. Because I was kind of struggling with the Dave Matthews thing because I'd never listened to his stuff before. And he's a weird singer. I like him. I like him, I like him too. very different. But he's strange, very right? Very strange and different. Very Great different. drummer. Oh, yeah. Oh. Carter Buford, yeah, Carter or Beaufort. I don't know if I'm yeah. pronouncing his Carter, name right. Carter Beaufort, I think. Beaufort, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah no, but he's amazing. Whew, and master that, on those hi-hats. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. And, um, the, and the violinist? The uh, yeah, um, Boyd. Um, yeah, uh, I can't remember everybody's unusual, name. Unusual, yeah, unusual. Very strange really, group. Really, yeah, really, yeah, creative. Yeah. But wicked. Uh, yeah. But this tune, they're like, yeah, it's got harmonica on it. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm safe. Yeah. It's fucking John Popper. And I was oh. like, I'm like, oh, awesome, thanks. Yeah, okay, really, here really. we go. And um, there's this one part in the harmonica solo where he does this like insanely, insanely fast run, and I'm like, what is he doing? And yeah. I then I learned that it was this circular breathing thing, okay. where it's like this like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the basic principle of it. But there's yeah. like, it's oh, what is it? It starts like it's like draw, blow, blow, and this is on like. Uh, hole eight to nine, so you're like drawn on hole eight to blow nine to get that really high yeah. octave of the root, yeah. and then this like crazy run down into this like really mad warble. On uh, it's been a while since I've played it, yeah. I think it's like the two and the three, anyway, like just insane. And like the song even opens with um, with this really cool kind of harmonica thing where he does this tongue block and then he bends uh, the uh, because he's um he's blocking the two hole and drawing the, the one and the three, yeah. but then bends the one hole yeah. down the whole step. So you get the, so you've got the, the major third and the starting with the fifth on the one side, but then you bend the fifth down a whole yeah. step while you're maintaining the third on the yeah. other side. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Uh, but like just with that kind of stuff, it really got me into the the circular breathing aspect mm -hmm. from the from the solo, and I was like, wow, that's so much fun. The only problem is sometimes my mouth starts moving faster than my brain, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, oh shit, where am I? So yeah. I know exactly what you oh, mean yeah. by like you get out <laughs> on that limb, and you're like, uh oh, yeah, oh, 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 there, <laughs> okay, I'm at the one, wah, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, uh, now I'm just gonna do one really long. <laughs> Well, that's one of those situations where, yeah, this playing music is half of playing music is listening. Yo, and yeah. Sometimes you don't listen and you go off yeah, doing this thing and, yeah, and you get kinda, lost. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is great. And you're like, oh, shit, I wasn't paying attention. What happened? Okay, there I am. And it's like, I just, I hope to God people don't see my eyes do that. Like, <gasps> they're like, just bug eye thing. But, nah, it happens. Uh, but, yeah, sorry. We were talking about... Um, Jackson Delta and um and uh you were starting to get um they put out that thing on Trent Radio and you started yeah. getting all kinds of calls and stuff. Yeah, we we did a we we put out well we we ended up going down uh south to uh and it's funny we were all having breakfast one day and this this 
it was one of those group thoughts. We all at, the, at breakfast decided, let's go to Memphis. We'll do a trip down south and Highway 49. All these, all these, uh, these uh, names that we hear in the music, we'll go down and we'll see, you know, what it's all about. Yeah. So we we went down south and we uh, we took my old van and I think we went for about ten days, something like that. And we got to uh, first real sort of serious stop was in Memphis and. Uh, uh, just make this is a long story. I'll just make it really short. But we we end up <laughs> bumping into all these really cool people. We went to Beale Street first of all, and then we nice. we ran into um, uh, oh I can't think of his name right now, but he he was the 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 uh, founder and uh, chairman of the National Blues Foundation, and I think we did some playing on his porch or something. And anyways, he was really. He was him and his brother were from Montreal originally, and here he is in oh, Memphis. Cool. His brother had a really cool bar called Blue Lou's on on uh, down the main street, and had all local music. And uh, so um, we ended up hooking up with him, and he and we stayed in town for two or three days. And people were taking us out and hearing all this great music, right? And then we just kind of we went back to our room and said, like, we got to get out of town, or we could spend, we could live here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we we got it. You know, we want to go to New Orleans and go to you know through Mississippi and all this stuff. So we we got out of town, and uh, and that and actually that wasn't before uh, Memphis Slim had passed away. We just found out while we were there, and uh, and that was the last day we stayed. Everyone said you got to stay here because Memphis Slim's uh, hearse is coming through Beale Street. Two hearses. He was he was he died in France. He lived in Paris, so he came back. He was going to be buried back in this little town, this little town south of uh, Memphis. There's two hearses coming through town, and the Memphis Horns were there. I don't know if you're familiar with Memphis Horns. I'm, I'm not. They played behind sure. Otis Redding. All the great. Oh wow. They, they were the Stax Horn section. Oh, okay. They're on the street, and all these musicians are going to show up, and we're going to. There. It's a tribute to 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 uh, Memphis Slim. Well, the one hearse. Uh, opened all its doors to let his spirit out onto Beale Street, and we all sang and played music. Wow. The other hearse went on down to this little town where he was born. And uh, I'm going to try and make this really short, but his, his big song was uh, Mother Earth, that um, beautiful bl- uh, blues tune. A woman uh, named Tracy Nelson had a band in the States. They they were... She was, she was Janis Joplin's... Uh, uh, she, she could have had that same crown. Her and Janis Joplin were very similar, okay. and around at the very same time. Anyways, um, Tracy, who I got to play with later on in in Britain, did a tour through Scandinavia and Britain. And her and I share this story. She she sang. She was invited to sing at his funeral, and she sang the song Mother Earth. Her band was called Mother Earth, and she is oh, the, wow. one of the most beautiful. Uh, uh, her her roots are in are in. Uh, in Negro spiritual, she has such an amazing voice, huge voice. Anyways, we stayed, I'm going to try to make this short. That's all right, man. We stayed there for this. And then we went on down and we went uh, through the South, went to, to uh, New Orleans, came back to Canada. And we had been been invited back to go into this, uh, this um, blues competition on Beale street which at that time was only uh, an American competition. Right. We went back as the only Canadian band from outside of the United States to, to go in. Right. 
um, we became very good friends with the band that came in first and actually did some touring down south with them. And that was uh, Larry Garner and his band. And uh, so nobody, we'd been playing around Peterborough and so on, but nobody uh, nationally or even, you know, that much regionally knew who Jackson Delta were. Right. We went down, we went in this contest and everyone said we should have come in first, but what we heard was we couldn't have first prize or we couldn't take any of the first, second or third prize because it was not an international competition. It was a national competition. Right. We were there sort of as the guest of the founder. So we couldn't take home a prize, but every, even the band that came in first, who we had later toured with, said, you guys should have come in first. We came in fourth. Oh, and, and it was so it's like we were, a political thing. It was political. It was an, an honorable mention. <laughs> but we made so many connections from that. Yeah. When we got back to, to Canada, we got all these phone calls from the, the Toronto Blue Society, from Mariposa, and we got, we'd end up getting all these gigs and all these showcases to play. Right. So just doing that, and uh, and I would tell any band, you know, don't put up hurdles for yourself. Do do something crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, we thought, it's going to be expensive, and, you know, it's the United States. We can't go there and play their music and expect, you know, anything, yeah. right? Yeah. But so, uh, it was crazy, and it, and it turned out to be really valuable for us. So we did that, and we did... We did uh, yeah, we recorded, and actually, on that first trip, we recorded our first, uh, it was a cassette. It wasn't even a CD. We recorded a cassette at Sun Studio. That's another story. Right. But um, Sun Studio in Toronto? No, in uh, Memphis, oh. where oh, Elvis recorded. Oh, shit. Sorry. That's embarrassing. That's all right. I know what you're talking about. Oh, man. You think it's Sunlight Studio or Sunshine yeah. Studio? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> they haven't, they, not a lot of music has come out of there. I think at that time and probably since, the everyone knows um, uh, what's the Irish band. <laughs> Doesn't matter. See? I don't know. I don't mm. know. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. That's all right. Sun Studio. Man. Howlin' Wolf. Yeah, I know. Elvis uh, Presley, yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis, I Johnny know. Cash. I know. No, you got to get there sometime. Anyways, it only uh, cost us a hundred dollars to make the ca- really? well, to, to record the cassette. Then we put it out, and we did we did three albums after that. And uh, yeah, we broke up. I think around two thousand. When you when I say broke up, we realized that we were not going to tour anymore. Right. And uh, a little bit of disappointment, a little bit of anger, and you know, like sure. we we done we. We were we were first of all a lot of re- we were three really good friends and then realized that uh, we had different agendas and uh, different uh, goals and dreams and and uh, but we we've we've uh, we've kept our friendship and we're we're playing uh, April fifteenth Market Hall in town here we haven't played for two years but we're record we're not recording we're yeah we are recording that gig but we've been uh, learning some new songs too. Yeah, I saw that post on uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, so yeah, so since then, that was in two thousand. I got a lot of history here, eh? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah, I quit for a little, little bit. Didn't quit, but I didn't have time to play. But I played sure. in the Rocket Review, and that was a, a big, big band, horns and everything. That was a lot of fun for a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had my own band, the Steady Band, and yeah. uh, that was a chance. I'd put my own CD out, and it was a chance for me to kind of explore some things that I want to play. I think my next CD is going to be it'll be it'll be different, but it'll still be in that kind of it'll be in that blues vein. 
cool. And uh, yeah, and lately I've been playing with, uh, like I said earlier, but I think I got about four four bands that I play in steadily. Like I've got, um, yeah. I I first call on on about four bands, and I mostly play in Peterborough. I I I play in Toronto, uh, Kingston. Uh, I haven't been out of the province for a little while now. But, right. But yeah. that's not the question. I still have my friend in Scotland. We still threaten to get together and do something over there. Yeah. I might I might do that something like that. Yeah, soon. why not? Yeah. Well you know what's you know what's fun is he, he uh this is kind of tragic and funny too, but he recorded a bunch of tunes for an album and he lost them. No. Way. He wanted he wanted me uh and we talked about this for quite a while now, is doing uh uh like an album on the internet. Like I mean right. you, you yeah, send yeah. the files over here. Yeah. And my friend Andy can call him up in the studio, and I can play harp or play drums on something, right? Yeah. Send the files back over there, and you can put the lead guitar on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we talked about that, but he lost all his files for his album. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, heartbreaking. That's the last I heard heard from him, and, I, and he hasn't talked. I don't even want to go there right now, but I, I'm curious. Sure. You know, are you going <laughs> to you gonna get this back all, on it? It's <laughs> all over again. Oh, yeah. That would suck, though. Yeah. Oh. Cause I've like I've lost like a song, yeah, and even that was like, <laughs> rah! I couldn't imagine losing an entire album. Oh, that would be crushing, heart- heartbreaking. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, something I wanted to talk on or touch on rather, uh, and, and talk about a little bit. Brandon and I talked about it when he was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a few weeks ago now. Uh, t- this is what episode seventeen. He was on episode eight. So however many weeks ago that yeah. is. Um. <laughs> We were talking about the PMBA. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm sure you could obviously shed a lot more light on it than what um, mine and Brandon's kind of limited uh, knowledge of what you guys do. But it's such a great, awesome thing. It is. What you guys are all doing. for. I could could probably put that in a nutshell. Um, Phil Marshall is a, a musician. He passed away a few years ago, I think about three or four years ago now. Phil Phil was uh, was quite a character. He was a uh, he was he was a um, he was a front man, and he, but he he sang. He played played piano, and uh, he uh, you can there, you can actually look up. There's a video that uh, PMBA put out that it talks about a little bit more. I only know him from my from my point of view and from my experience with him. But the first time I met him, I got calls from some friends and I think I was playing with Jackson Delta at the time and whenever I had downtime like I still want to play sure so I got some calls from some friends in Lindsay and they said uh, we have this jam every Sunday afternoon would you be interested in coming up and so I went up for a couple of times and all really good players and there's players from all over the place a couple of players from Peterborough and I had a blast and it was a lot of fun it was all blues and um, it was in the back of this place. I think it was called Cracker Jacks and or Crackers or something. And the band was called the the host band was called Cracker Jack or Cracker Jacks. Anyways, Phil Marshall was the 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 guy, and he and he worked the crowd. He he got them. He had people laughing, and he did. He had crazy antics, and he he was everybody's best friend. And uh, he he got beers for the band. They. Uh, like we had a we had a blast and i i it was one of those situations where it was a sunday morning and i thought damn it i'm going to be missing something it's going to be so right. much fun like 
you know, I'm not, I'm not getting paid, but I got to pay for the gas to get up there. So I went up there for, I think it was almost a year. And I met a lot of players through that too. A lot of really great players. And, uh, then he, he ended up years later moving back to Peterborough. And I think he was a salesman for the wire magazine for a while. And then he, he did some other, uh, jobs, but he, he hosted, he ended up hosting a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits. And he was, uh, he was really, uh, he was really strongly for, um, uh, I guess in his own way, being realistic about his, his abilities and talents and, and getting benefits together and helping people. And some people, he probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like he, <laughs> he was a little abrasive to sure. some people. He was rough. He okay. was very rough on the outside, drank a lot got right in your face, uh, highly opinionated, <laughs> all the things that were not endearing, you know, for, for a lot of people. Sure. But, um, but he had a, he had a really great heart inside there. And anyways, uh, he was hosting the blues jam for a while, which was very sporadic. It didn't, it only happened once in a while. Well, he passed away. He had a heart attack and then he, uh, he behaved himself for a little while and then he, he got back into his old routines, and and he had a second heart attack that did him in, did him uh. in. So his his uh, his widow, uh, Joel Pilon, she came to uh, a few of us, and she said, "Look, he left this money, and this this is something that was really close to his heart. Would you guys consider putting a board together and and having the blues jam be a regular thing once a month, and we'll put this money into an account." And if any musician in Peterborough has, you know, a problem, like it could be anything like um, we call it putting out the fire, like say, well, say in his case, you have a heart attack or you have, uh, uh, you know, cancer or, or, or um, like in some cases, uh, um, a broken leg or, or an even worse, a broken hand, something that puts you out of playing your gigs. Yeah. And, you know, you're just talking about how, you know, two weeks is hard enough not to or two days, yeah. you said, not, hard enough not to play your instrument. Yeah. But being in a situation where, where uh, and musicians don't have uh, usually the same insurance that some other people yeah. would have, right? Yeah. I, for the most part, we don't have any. <laughs> no. Sick days don't exist. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm quoting somebody here. I don't know who it was. Um, I think it was John Candy, but I think he was quoting somebody else. I don't think I want to belong to a club that would have me as a member. Right. And, and that's kind of my rule of thumb. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so... I, I thought that at first. I said I, I said I don't want to. I don't know if I want to do this, but it it was it was so difficult for me because I thought this is this is way bigger than you know, you know, joining any other club. I you know I could be doing a lot of good here, and I, I was I was so uh, honored to be asked. Right. And uh, so I'm on a board with. Uh, uh, there's a banker. There's a bar owner. The banker is uh, um, Norm Kastner. He's retired. Don McBride, right, and uh, and then uh, John Punter from the Pig's Ear. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. there's Joe, and Joe is kind of a silent member. She she doesn't do interviews. She doesn't. Uh, she she basically calls the last shot on anything. Right. But she doesn't want to have a, a public face. So, sure. So and this is her. This is kind of her. Her, you know her. Uh, ex's legacy not her ex but i mean her her husband's legacy so we do this jam once a month 
and we do have we do have quite a big bank account right now and every time we do we do a uh, a payout whatever you want to call it um the money gets ratcheted up a little bit you know it's not a lot sure but um everyone who's ever received the money is is you know very th- thankful because it you know any amount helps yeah and, and uh it's usually it's getting to be a, a, a good amount but um we, we're small, and in in some cases, the the musician, they could be. Well, in one case in particular, they were going to shut off their their hydro. Right. So we had we had their money. We had money in their hands within twelve hours. It's it's wow. not like working with an insurance company. Yeah. And how do we decide um, who that's going to be? Um, we depend on advocates. Right. Uh, pe- uh, musicians are usually. They're proud. For, for one thing, they're proud. Secondly, a musician doesn't want to really let everybody know that they can't play any gigs for a while. Yeah. You don't want that. Once that phone stops ringing. It's hard it, to get it to ring again. It's hard to get it to ring again. Yeah. So uh, they don't usually approach us. It's usually an advocate. Not right. always, but, but yep. uh, you know, sometimes someone's in really dire straits and they, and they, you know, they reach out. But most of the time, it's an advocate who finds out right away and, and approaches us. Yeah. And so it's... Um, it's been really, it's been uh, really rewarding. Um, I never, I never thought how how rewarding it was going to be, but uh, luckily, not we, not a lot of people have needed help. Yeah, I think uh, over the two or three years now, there's been about twenty people. Yeah, and they can be, it can be small things. It could be, you know, sure. More, there's things where you want to help people, like even more, but yeah, we have to, we have to like look after that that, that kitty of money, and because you know. We don't know what's around the corner. Sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, everyone's been really, help, been really thankful. We did have, we did have one musician, and uh, and th- this was a real a reality call for me because, um, I have a lot of fun playing the blues jam. Like, I mean, I I've met so many players, and I've and I've made uh, connections playing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, made a lot of great friends. I think it's probably the, where I saw you. Yeah, uh, that's first and seeing you there regularly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the first time that's yeah that's when we started kind of hanging out regularly. Yeah. The first time I met you though was at um, Showplace, and oh. it was a benefit. I'm not sure if it was for your maybe for my granddaughter. granddaughter yeah. I, th- I believe, okay. and I was there with uh, Balls and Jane. Yeah. And, okay. And uh, you were just kind of talking to people yeah. and and. Um, that was really overwhelming. I, I you know, now yeah, I oh, remember. Being yeah, there, oh, but, but, yeah, I, mean, I, I, was, I didn't expect you. I was walking you. around in a daze, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't expect you to remember me yeah, from that yeah. at all because you got yeah. so much stuff going yeah, on yeah. at the time. Yeah. But um, you, um, I just remember you came up and you gave me a big hug. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, this is this dude's really cool. What a nice guy, you know. Oh, and, I was so thankful. Oh, and, um, yeah, and, and so, like, for the, the but the, the, the blues jams is where we really started to yeah. like actually talk. And, it's, and it's a real social club, eh? Like, oh I mean, yeah, I, mean, uh, I love it. It's 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 really grown. Um, it for a lot of people, it's where they meet up once a month. You know, it's yeah. it's their could for all I know, it could be their monthly outing. Yeah. Actually, two regulars came out to hear me yesterday, and that's how I know them. They they came yeah. out to the blues jam. I thought he was a musician. He said, "No, no, I just come out to hear come you guys to listen." Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's quite a few of those yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah. It's a very cool <clears throat> thing, and um, I know. Um, at least for me, when I found out about it, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I dig that, you know, <laughs> um, that this thing exists and that it's 
for the most part, it's it's musicians and music enthusiasts taking care of other musicians. Yeah. And I really, yeah. really, really like that idea. Yeah. And then it kind of compounded for me because last year I got really sick and I had vertigo to the point where I couldn't walk for like, it was almost a month where I couldn't walk. And like you were saying, kind of kind of a pride thing, but also that I don't want anybody to know I can't play. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause I, I couldn't like, if I, yeah. like if I stood up, I'd either fall over or I'd throw up. Yeah. Um, so I didn't tell anybody, like yeah. I kept it as a total secret and the only, uh, Amber knew and, uh, Brandon knew and the, my boss at long, well, the people that hold, yeah, yeah. my boss, the people yeah. that hold my contract yeah. <laughs> at long and McQuaid, um, they knew I couldn't teach for a little while cause I just. I was a mess, mm-hmm. right? But I was like, outside of that, and I told everyone, I'm like, please don't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm, that I'm out of commission. Yeah. I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of disappear for a little bit, yeah. and then I'll be back, yeah. and no one will know any different. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah, I'll be totally <laughs> fine. But but after that, and um, which I know it maybe, it shouldn't have made it more important to me but after you know being really really exposed to vulnerability like that it's like holy shit which is you know and it's an odd thing to discover at 30 that you're not invincible but (laughs) it's a a kind of a late in life realization but to have it at all though and go wow that was that was really scary and then knowing that the pmba is there is like this little added comfort and yeah. which is why now I try as often as possible to make it out to the jams and stuff and to, and to get involved with it whenever I can. Um, well, it's one of those things you, you, you support it, but you hope you never need it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, again, I know it shouldn't have made it, bleh, pardon me. I knew it shouldn't have made it seem more something I wanted to be involved with because yeah. I got sick, but because I got sick, it did, yeah. you know, it just is, a reality and maybe that seems <laughs> kind of shallow i don't know i hope not but you know it was just i was like wow okay this could you know obviously anything could happen to anybody yeah. so i was like okay i really want to try to do more yeah. for it well um, i i've been having a lot of fun playing there like i mean yeah. it's uh when I, I there's been a couple of times you know usually on a saturday afternoon i'm not gigging but uh, there was a couple of times where I, I had a gig and I couldn't make it. I, yep. I, I felt like I was missing the party, right? Yeah. In but um, there, we did help one person, and, and you know, I, we we never name names, but um, sure. he he was, uh, you know, to, just to cut to the chase, he was dying of cancer, right? And so was his daughter. They were both seeing each Jesus. other. Their social life was seeing each other at uh, uh, Princess Margaret, and uh, and so we helped them out and. Uh, you know, we, we we have our meeting. We talk, and you know, here you know, here's who, who we're looking at this time, and mm-hmm. and then uh, then I go in, and, and uh, John John Punter he he has the checkbook, I go, and all I do in is I do is go in and I sign the check, and then either I deliver it or somebody who's who's more uh, closer they deliver it, and then you know, I don't forget it, but I mean, it's that's you know that process is done, right? Right. So, you go okay. We've taken care of that. That's taken care of. Right. And then I was playing. Uh, I was playing uh, one of the jams, and at the end of the jam, and I don't know this 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 man very well, but he came up and and uh, and you know. Then I realized, okay, I know who this is, and he gave me a big hug, and uh, 
and you said you you have no idea what this this meant to me right and and for that for that couple of minutes i just i just wham i mean i was i was kind of you know the gigs finished i'm packing my gear up and i'm you know that was a fun afternoon that was so yeah. much you know so much great things happen yeah, and yeah. then the reality of this person comes up and and you know now i you know the flip side of it is i realize yeah we've, we've helped this guy you know yeah and uh it was uh <laughs> it was it was and wet eyes leaving that day. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like a heavy moment. It was. That's pretty. Yeah. That's amazing though, yeah. and I, I I genuinely believe. And I you know last time I was talking about it with Brandon, we 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 went on about it for quite a while, just saying what a beautiful thing it is that you guys are doing, and how much I uh, admire and respect well, the, it. Well, there's yeah, it's get, it's so. gotten so much support in Peterborough. Yeah, we yeah. all take care of ourselves here. Yeah, yeah, I really I really dig that. Um. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I had, a, I had a question about that because with the closure of the pig's ear, are you guys looking, you, you must be looking oh, for... desperately. We, we are so struggling with this because the pig's ear is, um, well, when you think of any venue in town, there's, they're so unique. Um, yeah. They each have their own strengths and weaknesses. We're, we're looking at three places right now cool. and none of them are anything like the pig's ear. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The place was an institution. It's, it's going to be so yeah, hard to. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to imagine any place else. But um, but there are yeah. there are plans in motion. Yeah, well, we're, we're moving it, but we're not sure okay. exactly where we're going. Cool. Well, yeah. good. I'm I'm. I mean, I didn't oh, expect gonna... you guys to let it fall away. But no, I'm... no, no. We're going to keep going. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And John Punter, who who uh, is the owner of the pigs here. Um, he's retiring. He's, I think he's yeah. moving to Mexico. So yeah. we'll probably find somebody to, to take his place. Right. But, um, yeah, he won't be with us anymore. Yeah. But, um, that's kind of bittersweet. I mean, that's, that's awesome for him to oh, be able to great. retire to Mexico oh, yeah, and stuff, but it's, so, yeah. it's a bummer to lose that guy. Yeah. And I don't community. think he, I don't think he enjoys, uh, like, I mean, it's always, almost always been passed on from, uh, one family member to another, Yeah. but there's nobody wants to take it. Right. Uh, and there's nobody in town who wants to uh, take it on as a venue. Right. And they're looking at tearing it down, probably. Uh, Everyone thinks because it has so much history that it is a designation, but it, it doesn't. Really? They never want to do that because to get a historical de designation makes it very expensive to do any kind of uh, renovations. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shit. <laughs> It's kind of a downer. Sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to take it to a. Uh... Things change, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we're, you know, places have come and gone. I was just reading yeah. the other day about uh, in in uh, East City. It was, I think, it was the Ashburnham Community Center. Right. That was where. Um, oh, it's it's a video store. It's right beside Reggie's. That little plaza. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And that was a big venue back in the day. Really, it was. It's like a video ninety nine now. Or That's something. right. Yeah. But it was a it was a small. Uh, well, it was a community center, and they used to have dances and bands upstairs. Big really? old uh, big old wooden building. Damn. A lot of fun there. Yeah. 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 Huh. But you know, it's gone. You know. Crazy. You, know, you wouldn't know about about it. And, no. You know, my generation, I. I can't remember what year they tore it down, but it was it was quite a while ago. Right. But, huh. Wild. Music just keeps going on here. Doesn't yeah. It? Venues disappear. For sure. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. And new ones pop up every once in a while. And actually, the Pig's Ear has only been a music venue for the last oh, very short number of years. Huh. For, for a long time, there was no, never music there. Really? Yeah. 
Wow, that seems strange to think that because it, it feels like s- such a home base. Yeah, you have so much fun there and so many memories. Eh? You think, yeah. oh, this has been going on for a long time, but yeah. not necessarily. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, so where can people find uh, any of your music stuff online? alanblack.ca alanblack.ca one L All, yes A-L-A-N-B-L-A-C-K right on yeah. and and that'll have like everything pretty well uh, uh, or access to it's it's uh, my newest website it's uh, a friend of mine uh, built it for me uh, Jackie Wimbush oh uh, yeah I know Jackie yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah, great yeah yeah. she uh, she put this together for me and it's got uh, some music there I always want a better video than I have sure you know, but I got to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> right on. But um, yeah, you can find, you can connect with me there. I've got my email, my uh, Facebook, uh, a little bit of history. There's a bunch of photographs, a bunch of uh, video cool. stuff, YouTube connections. Nice. Links. Um, EPK, which yeah. I've been needing for a while. Yeah. And, I need uh, to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. It's a step. I, I, yeah. This is. I. I just had it. Uh, this is a new one this year. The one one I've had for the last five years it got a little stale. Yeah. Uh, a little out of date. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right on. Yeah. Very cool. What do you think? Do you want to jam? Yeah. And if uh, if it sucks, we can edit it. Yeah. Edit, right. Well, yeah, we can cut it. If I it was stinks. just wondering, do you ever do any uh, third position harmonica? I'm. I'm just starting to dip my toes okay. in it. I, I fun. You got har- harps with you here? Yeah, they're upstairs. Um, yeah. if you want, uh, I'll pause this. Yeah. and then uh, I'll go grab the harps. And I also, I desperately need a bathroom break. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah. Okay, and we are back. Harmonica's in hand, and uh, I am gonna get uh, a, a third position lesson from Al here. So. so. And it's gonna be. Uh, it's um, okay. Do you, do you uh, ever listen to Charlie Musselwhite? No. Oh, he's he's a he, he's still around. To still, I saw him just um, last year, the year before, at the Kitchener Blues Festival. But he does a lot of stuff in third position. He's a cool he's a, a blues harmonica player, but he has a very uh, a very unique sound. Right. So on. we were saying, so if so, in, in a to play second position, like if if we're pl- if the music is in C, then. Uh, cross harp would be an f, f right? yeah that's right yeah so the, the only the only way that i remember like I, I i can't figure it out theoretically right so all i do is i go um like i said uh when normally when i play with gary he likes to do a lot of uh, uh minor stuff sure and so when he uh when he does that i i try and play in a third position right so and if it was f then I, do you want to do you want to play rhythm in in C like put, sure. set up uh, like a blues rhythm? Sure, uh, on a C harp on or a C harp. or or if you, yeah. in C minor. No, you play C. You, I'm playing play a C. in the key of C. Okay, and just just uh, you want you want to set up some kind of uh, like a rhythm groove on the Sure. Harmonic? What kind of groove you after? Uh, okay, here. Anything. Sure. is it <laughs> uh this is a c major so that's gonna screw it up no 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 um well, 
Unless I'm like, because I'm playing a, a major chord, right? So. If I if I'm using okay uh, yeah the, so I don't know if we can do it on the harps I have to need, maybe need a guitar and it's possible on uh if I got a B flat then that's uh where would the C be on this oh I'd have to do like a whole step bend on the three hole to get that uh, I may have to you know what oh, it's not in the room I could I could lay a I could lay a bass groove. Sure. So I, need to, I need to restring my acoustic guitar. Oh, there you go. But I got an acoustic bass, so we'll do that. So, I should be in tune. Let me double check real quick. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm flat. See, I never... Uh... I never thought about that. I thought if I set up a groove in C, I could just play a... Well, because it's a diatonic, yeah, right? So it's C yeah, major. So I'm yeah. playing a, a major chord, and you're trying yeah. to play a minor like over yeah. it. Nice, eh? That's cool, man. Yeah. So what? Um, well, you know, uh, little Walter, he played. Uh, I don't. I actually don't know the tunes he played on. And I, and that list of uh, harp harp players and songs, it might be on there. But he, he played a uh, a chromatic harmonica. Ah. But he played it. He played it uh, in a third position, I believe. Oh, cool. Like if you uh, there's um, there's. There's an album called Fathers and Sons. It might be on that. I'm not sure, but um, it's it's on a Muddy Waters and and there's um, Mean Old Southern is a, is a song and I, and I always wondered how how is he getting those notes right right and how how's he getting that sound and then uh, somebody gave me a chromatic and I started messing around with it and I realized that uh, that's what he's playing he's playing a chromatic but he's just playing it like a, a ten hole he's not he's not huh. uh, using the plunger he's not using the oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh crazy yeah you can get some uh, really cool stuff happening with that yeah so so the, the the chromatics are in C yeah so the band's playing in G I think right but he gets this kind of minor sound <laughs> yeah by, by not using the plunger huh <laughs> crazy yeah so um yeah. some of that the, uh this is a b flat just like what you were yeah. rocking in um some of those holes that you were um well 
Um, where are you rocking your one chord? Okay, and you're blocking too, right? I'm, what are you blocking there? Uh, mm, mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm putting my. Uh, my tongue goes on the. Uh, what do you want to call it now? The little wall. I'm, what am I hitting here? I'm. I think I'm blocking two and three. And oh yeah, so you're getting an octave. I'm doing the one and the four. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting an octave. Crazy. Yeah. Who's calling? Me? It's Humphrey. I'll call him back later. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can I can do if you do a a, a, a bend Whoops. on the left side of your. Tongue blocking so much better than mine. <laughs> it's it's it, it's kind of nicer because it I don't know what it is. It 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 sounds fatter or something. I yeah. There's something about it, you know, more pleasing to my ears than just sure doing, a, just doing all the notes. Yeah. 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 play a kind of a rhythm with your tongue too after, yeah after <laughs> and getting that bend on just the one side is kind of tricky it's uh, funny i took cool. uh i took my b flat with me uh, a couple of times um i don't play b flat very often because as you know a lot of guitar players don't like to play in key of f yeah yeah, well, because it kind of it eliminates a lot of their open strings for them. It does, uh, yeah. Well, except maybe like the the open A and the open D, but that low E's gone, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, I found that out early because uh, my voice uh, ended up being an F. They would say like sing, okay, we'll find the right. key, right? It was always an F. And I, found <laughs> it, I found it later that F is the, uh, it's called the mystic key. Oh. Yeah, and it's the uh, in early uh, music, um, it was considered to be the natural place for a, a male voice. Really? Yeah, and huh. hence, hence F holes and violins and so right, on. Right, right, yeah. right. That's but, um, really cool. It's weird. I right? didn't know that. <laughs> but um, but I used to take it uh, if I was just you know going for a drive or something. Uh, of course, I don't want to wear it my my A because yeah, the guys are always playing in the key of E, right? Yeah, yeah, guitars. Uh, yeah, so always. I thought, well, I don't want to wear that out, so I'll take my F because it's the one I don't play very often, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But I took it to a, a, a camping thing one time and i dropped in at some friend's place and they were they were playing the uh they were playing with a trumpet oh and, cool and they were and what forget that what else anyways i found i could play with almost everything they were doing because they had the trumpet in the band and he was playing in c right so i could find i could find notes for for his key and then uh carlos del hunco he, he showed up at a gig that i was at one time and i asked him to get up and play and he says I've got my B flat with me. And I thought, well, I, I know I brought your B flat, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I do like B flat though, because it is uh, I don't know if, if how you feel about playing harmonica, but I, I, I used to love, uh, or I still love listening to uh, Sonny boy Williamson. Oh yeah. And, uh, that dude's a tank. and there's actually, there's actually a, a recording where, uh, I feel chess is in the studio behind the glass and he's he's criticizing uh, 
Sonny Boy Williamson for always playing in, in G. Right. It's it's for me it's it's my favorite because it's so it sounds so luscious. Yeah. Like I don't even have an E harmonica because they're Yeah. Because yeah, uh, it ju- it just sounds so. I don't. I, I can only say luscious. It just sounds like it, the notes are just. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Big, it's big, it's nice and big, thick, fluffy clouds. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah the uh, I I do have I do have an E. I know you're saying you don't you don't hardly ever play it because that would put the band in B. Um, so I I have that because there's a there's a couple of tunes in Broken Harmony, where um, it's it's a uh, like a really quick yeah. shuffle blues yeah. in in B, and um, you've probably seen us do it a handful of times where Brandon will um, he'll reach over and he'll start playing oh, the yeah. bass while yeah, still yeah. around my neck, and yeah. then I'll I'll play a harp solo. Um, a lot of the time we do that, it is in the key of um, pardon me. The song is in the key of B, so in order to do the the blues cross, I have to I have to be an E. Yeah. So um, and also I just I like having just like pretty well anything so that if i need to like um i i actually i had to get an e flat because and this I actually had one but <laughs> uh the, there's so much so much stuff is in b flat like for the band right yeah. so i was like well okay you know here's there's another key and it was insanely hard to track this down uh because i i'm a big fan of special 20s by honer I'm a really big fan of Special 20. And um, there was one Special 20. Is this the one? No. In that, I think that's a big river. No, no. Is it? Or is it a... It's Blues Heart. It's, M- oh, it's, it's called MS. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, one of these. Yeah. 
Yeah. These are good too. These are good too. I just find that uh, the wooden comb yeah. rips my lips up. Everybody says that. And you know? I'm a I'm a bit of a wimp. So <laughs> I like uh I tonally I prefer the sound of a wood comb. Me too. But for comfort, because I'm a puss, um, <laughs> I like a. It took me a while, but I don't notice anymore. I like a I like a plastic comb, mm-hmm. um, but I I also don't do I don't do a whole lot of just harmonica gigs. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm playing harp, it's like usually like it's a surprise to people yeah. normally, um, unless I'm playing in town yeah. and then people are like oh they're gonna do the thing where he pulls it out for the one song okay <laughs> he's probably gonna play the same fucking solo again <laughs> well you know i i went but, to a uh here i got it i bought an a in uh lee oscar yeah um because a lot of my my harmonica friends go oh well, you know the, those honers you know they're the quality isn't as good as they used to be and the reason i got these these are they're they're a little substantially heavier so mm. on, a, on a rack the more weight right. I can get on there, the better. But yeah, I, so that it doesn't flop around. Yeah, yeah, that and makes sense. Especially playing drums, and and I, but I thought, well, you know, why the harmonica? Maybe I should just put some more weight on my rack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But um, I'm gonna see how this uh, Lee Oscar stands up because, like I say, the, the like most of a lot of my songs, a lot of uh, guitar player songs are in the key of E. Yeah. So that's the only reason I got that. But um, yeah, the. The wooden ones, um, yeah, I, I just got stuck on them for a while. Yeah and, yeah, and plus you can buy the replacement reeds, the plates. Yes, yeah. Reeds. But same with the Lee Oscar, so I like those too. Yeah, I um actually uh, I've been looking at because uh, I've got I've got a maintenance kit. Oh yeah, you've probably seen these. Yeah, um, I have I have kind of a little homemade kit that I that I have. You know, yeah, and it's got, yeah, it's got a file and yeah. a screwdriver and yeah. Things here, yeah. and then it's got uh, it's got some lube and stuff for it. And, okay. Um, and I can so I can take it apart and stuff. It's mostly just a maintenance kit. Yeah. But um, I want to get um. I want to get one of those kits that uh, mostly because a lot of sorry I'm so far from the mic I apologize. Um, like I mean I'm sure you've opened up your harps numerous times, uh, but um, especially with these oh, ones, yeah. they're they're attached with um rivets. rivets yeah. Um, so. I've been trying to get my hands on a riveting kit that's specifically for harmonicas so that because I have other harps that have died or not, not the whole thing, but I've got one blown reed. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't see why I couldn't mix and match. (laughs) And I want to learn how to do that. But, um, I had boxes them for a while. Yeah. And I, I I would take some masking tape, like what I've done here with the, with the keys. Right. And I would go, you know, which hole is blown? Blown, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then I, and then you know later on I go, oh yeah, I know I could just take the bottom plate off that and switch it over, or whatever. Right. Did yeah. that for a while. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, I don't know if it's a frugality thing or well, it's probably a combination because I am cheap. But uh, but and and just so that like for anybody that doesn't know, if you're not a harmonica player, you probably aren't aware of how expensive harps are getting, like for a good one. Like just these blues, these blues harps, these MS, the the Blues Master series. This was like sixty bucks. Yeah. Right. Um. I have. There's the one. This rocket actually by Honer. The, my G. Um. Regularly, uh, the sticker price was hundred and ten dollars, but it was on sale, so I got it for seventy on sale. Yeah. For seventy before tax, so 
like and i mean if if you're not if you're not a player you probably don't know this but there's 12 keys so <laughs> you know if if you're getting like your your baseline you know decent harmonica that's 60 times 12 if you want all 12 keys so the price adds up and if you blow a reed on it if you don't know how to switch out a reed plate or or potentially change just the single reed yourself that's an you know sixty dollars because one reed is gone so like so i left this uh, my little chocolate box i forget how many harps i had in it at the time i think it, it holds uh, thir 13 or something right i left it at a gig up in the academy theater in Lindsay, and i knew where it was it was on the shelf and i thought right. man i wonder if some guy janitor's taking it home or whatever yeah and uh and I, for a minute i thought well maybe you know I'd just write it off i guess yeah. No, I got to get up there. That's like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Easy. More Easy. than a guitar. Yeah. 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 For these. I know. Right? Toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, people, some people think they're toys. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, I had a guy say to me, he's like, oh, harmonica. Yeah, that's a pretty easy instrument, right? And I was like, <laughs> well, if, you, if, if you're okay with sucking, then yeah. And like, if, like, if you don't mind not being any good at it, any instrument's an easy instrument, <laughs> you know? But then it's funny too, because a lot of people will ask, because like when they find out that I teach music, they're like, so what's the easiest instrument? I'm like, there's no such thing. No. Now, I mean, like to make a, a, a decent sound, like for one note, right off the hop, piano, because all you got, <laughs> all you have to do initially is press a button. Yeah. But like same, same idea though. Like yeah. if you want to be any good at it, you know, then, then it's, it's, far from an easy instrument either i mean they, they i just i don't think they exist when you hear what some people can do on them oh yeah. god right yeah like it's just like okay <laughs> yeah that goes a shredder you know and it's i was just talking to somebody the other day about mike stevens do you know who he is no i don't think so he's he is an amazing player he's canadian what he, instrument he plays harmonica oh, okay cool and he plays all the techniques like overblow everything yeah. and he's uh He's a regular on the Grand Ole Opry. He's, he's a, oh, wow. The, I think he's the only harmonica player that they have there. He's their house <laughs> harmonica player. He went up to uh, the Arctic a number of years ago, and he was uh, devastated by the, the situation there but with the kids uh, sniffing gasoline. Right. And he has this whole program now where he travels across the north, or across the Arctic, and he takes harmonicas with him, bags of harmonicas, and they he teaches. Really? I saw him That's awesome. a number of years ago. At the uh, Palmer Rapids uh, Bluegrass Festival, and I was really excited because I'd, I'd heard about him. I heard him on the radio. Um, this guy has had three hernias from playing harmonica. Holy I think three, shit. two or three. Anyway, he plays. He plays really fast and intense. Yeah, I bluegrass guess so. harmonica, like yeah, like whipping up and down the scales, like crazy right. stuff. And I saw him there, and I was really. Uh, I was just thrilled because he uh, he did a, a, a harmonica instrumental piece by D. Ford Bailey, and he's on that list I gave you. D. Ford Bailey was the uh, harmonica player for the Grand Old Opry, I think in the 40s, something like that. Right. And uh, the only way he could travel with the Opry was uh, as a valet because he was black. One thing, it w uh, yeah, two things. He was right. he was the first black musician in the Grand Old Opry and the first harmonica player. Wow. And he has a couple of uh, instrumentals that, that I, well, I'm still trying to learn one. I'll, I'll just try a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm going to mess this up, but 
No judgment. <clears throat> uh, so for this, though, you're going to want to be a little bit back from the mic because they are kind of hot. Nah, I told you I was going to mess it up. There's a lot of notes that you're not used to playing, right? Sure. For me, it's a bit of an exercise because it takes me someplace where I'm not, it's out of my comfort zone. Sure. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's fun because it's got. That's a, a good exercise too. Yeah, I bet. And and uh, something. Yeah, that's something I tell people to do too. Is is to. Uh, What's the name of that tune? Davidson County Blues. Davidson County. But he Blues. has some that are that. That's a fairly simple one. Right. And that took me a while to catch on to because. I'm not even sure what key it's in because. Right, but you're doing it in G right now. It's in a G. Uh. But some of it when I'm playing it. I just think feel like it's in a first position, but I'm not sure about that. It's that I think you're. I think it is in just G. G. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of bends in there. So yeah, which a lot. is kind of weird. Play, play that again for just a sec. Yeah, that'd be first yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but that's he cool. he does another one. That it's, it's, a tra- it's a train. Just one that's a train song, which which Mike oh, Stevens man. did, which which is, uh, I love it's that. It's got stuff. a lot of, of like a, a train effect in it, right? Like a lot of weird breathing stuff he does, right? Some right. of those are crazy. You know where you? Oh yeah. Other sounds while you're playing. Yeah yeah yeah. I like that stuff where um, when dudes do the like, I'm not great at it. But they do that. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of like yeah. really percussive. And then, I mean, like one of the first things that really drew me to the harp was um, just that the, the train whistle. That, yeah. yeah. That stuff. I was just the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, and you know, like the hairs stood up and everything. And I was just like, okay, okay. How do I do that? And just, uh, it's funny. Um, How did, so what was it that, what was the harmonica tune? That made you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start playing harmonica. Well, I don't know if I can do this one either because I. I didn't come all prepped for this, but <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. Brooklyn <laughs> <Whooping> Blues. <laughs> Sunny Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can yeah, have a lot yeah. of fun with that. I haven't. I haven't actually learned a piece of his before. Wow. But yeah, you know, it's it's fun. It, playing blues, you kind of get in patterns and you, you know, it's nice to break them sometimes, but I absolutely I like, to, I like to, to mess around. Some things just come to me by accident, but sure. Um <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Just, that's just, a it, that'd be a good tongue blocking exercise it too. It, it just yeah. takes you out of what you kind of normally play. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That? I don't, that's Mozart, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't help it. Every time I hear that, I uh, I see like the old Disney cartoons where it's like the cow and the tutu. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's where my brain goes. You know, I was raised on all those old cartoons. Oh, that's great stuff, though. That's Um, how you learn. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's fun for me. the The reason I actually learned how to play harmonica was uh, kind of by default, Uh or started to learn. Like I'm still obviously still learning. Um, I got a long way to go, but um, we were. I was playing with this rock band uh, that I was in in college. Uh, we were called the Belmont Blues Band because we because uh, we all smoked Belmonts at the time. <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've since quit smoking, but uh, at the time we were we were in the smoking section at school and we were all smoking bellies. We're like, oh, okay, cool. So if I ever need to bum a cigarette, I know who to go to. Yeah. And um, there was uh, there was the four of us all hanging out. It was two guitar players myself and a and a drummer it's like holy shit we could be a band it's like we all <laughs> sing a little bit and i was like do you guys like the blues and they're like yeah man like because we're in the jazz program right oh, so it'd yeah. be kind of yeah out of the you'd be an outlier if you didn't dig on the blues if you're in the jazz program and so it's like you guys want to start a band they're like, yeah, let's do it. So we call ourselves the Belmont Blues Band because we were smoking all the same shit. And we were going to do um, Led Zeppelin's Bring It On Home. Oh, yeah. And um, and the... Uh, oh, you need the harp for that. Yeah, we need the harp for it. And I was and we're playing it, and it was sounding great. And I was like, well, who's going to play the harmonica intro? And they're like, you, because you asked. I was like, I don't play <laughs> harmonica. They're like, neither do we. Start working on it, bitch. And I was like, oh, okay. So went home and just, you know, the... And uh, yeah, <laughs> baby. Well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Like for for uh, for putting color into things, like just uh, for a change, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, the Beatles stuff. Um, yeah. That was all on a C harmonica, and I, I and I'm not sure, but I believe at that time you could only get a C harmonica. I don't think they made all the keys. Really? Yeah, like because, even for diatonics? Yeah, because they were uh, they were still, you know, they were just. You know, now you can get almost any key, but I think for a while you could only you could only get uh, C and then major keys. But of course, they were pl- they were doing all their playing in Germany, right? So, right. so they had access to to the the harmonicas. But um, now there's uh, the two most famous lines, and I th- these are the f- one of some of the first things I picked up too was. Um, uh, That was yeah. That's all that they played in the song. Where where were you starting? That's it. <laughs> Sorry. 
Okay. It's a pretty simple yeah, line. Yeah, eh? yeah, that's cool. And then the other one, I, I do this with Ricky Getty too. So that that's in a that's in a, a second position. Yep. I think this is too. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, nice. That's it. That's that's all he puts in the song. That's John Lennon. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that's a signature. And you're uh, you're blocking, right? I do a little bit there. You doing like blowjob? Blow. Should have known better than a girl like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty. It's, it's very simple, right? Very simple line. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the tricky part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Eh? Like when you're playing a tune. And there's like somebody in the audience, like, um, um, with my older brother, we were talking a little bit about him earlier. Uh, we used to, uh, when he was more into like playing on stages and stuff, we used to cover, um, Heartbreaker by Zeppelin. Oh yeah. And we're at this show once and we get to the, the part where it's the, the big, just the solo of the guitar all by itself. Like before the rest of the band comes yeah. in with the bad, anyway, so, um, <laughs> he, he starts on the, bam, 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 and this guy in the audience goes, <laughs> and Devin's like, <laughs> and then they get like, and they're doing call and answer for it. And Devin's like, shit, man, this mother, you know, he like leans over to me. He's like, this dude knows this solo note for, and he's fucking singing it at me. And he's like, oh my God. So see, I know what you mean. Like with like playing like really iconic stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, you gotta, you either have to completely reinvent it or nail it or nail it. note for note. Otherwise someone's going to be like, you fucked it up. You're like, oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, ah uh, yeah. There is something. I was talking to uh, Brandon about this too. Just saying like how there is something really magical about playing with somebody, and and feeling this like instant connection when it's going well. You know, when you oh, play yeah. with them, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're friends now. I oh, feel yeah. it. I feel it. And I, you know, I, I really like that. And uh, I have to say, like, I, I, I want to thank you very much for not only being here, but also just like being so cool. Um, like anytime I come out to the jams, you're always so gracious and oh. you're so nice to me. <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, uh, I really like hanging out with you a lot. Oh, and um, likewise. And uh, again, like the just the the gift package was like that's a that's a perfect example of. Well, of, you're the obvious choice. Oh, I, I, what? Thought, I, I thought, you know, I'm 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 actually I'm scaling down a little bit. Eh? Like I'm right. I can't believe I bought another drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta but make Maggie room. Was great. I gotta make some room. No, but but I I've, I've been and we had somebody move into our house, so I, my my kind of my office it was just kind of like this, and like you got instruments in here. It's yeah. my place is kind of the same. And now I've got to make some room, and I thought. I started going through things and, and thought, well, this is doing no good sitting here. Right? Yeah. Could be, I, mean, I thought, well, you could be making use out of this. Yeah. yeah and pass, I, it, pass it along if you want. Yeah. yeah. And that's I think that's really cool and really important, too, uh, that um, music is, is carried on and, and passed is. through to, yeah. to people, which is uh, it's part of the reason why I really enjoy teaching so much. You know, because like when you get somebody that is super keen and and they have those moments where like, it just hits them and they go, yeah. oh, oh, I love that. Like, I love oh, that. It's the best feeling. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I was showing this, this really young guy. He was probably about 12 and I was teaching him how to, how to bend a note. And like you say, the look, yeah. he hit the note and he just went, 
Yeah. <laughs> like it didn't even come from me. Yeah. Like the instrument, like somebody else that did. was in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I found it. Yeah. It's like digging up buried treasure. It was. Yeah. It was a it's great the, moment. It's the best. I was, uh, I have, uh, I have a handful of ukulele students and I was showing this kid how, um, cause we, we, we've been working through like simple melodies and stuff. Yeah. And I made all the melodies build the scale, just the C oh, major scale. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and she was like, okay, cool. I see how that works. We were using all these positions. I'm like, yeah, now check this out. And I was explaining uh, like tone, semitone kind yeah, of thing, yeah. uh, how to build the scale, tone, tone, semitone, tone, 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 semitone. And I was like, so we could play that entire scale across one string. And she's like, I don't, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, well, come here, take a look at the piano. And I explained like, you know, the white keys and black keys. Yeah. And I just walked her through it and just, I could see her brain hit it. And she yeah. just goes, I don't open that. <laughs> whoa whoa and she's like seven yeah. right so oh, it's just great. super cute and just but the look and she's like wait 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 so a tone is two frets and a semitone is one and i'm like yep she's like okay and she plays the scale up and down the neck oh. and she just and she hit it like the fingering wasn't great and i had to yeah. explain oh, there's a more economic way to do that yeah check this out yeah but like without any instruction other than what I had showed yeah. her, shown her rather, she's just like, "Oh my god!" Oh, and I was like, "Yeah, that's amazing." <laughs> so it was cool, and like even just the first couple chapters of that book that I was going through, because like I almost never play straight harp, almost never. And the first couple of chapters are like uh, the difference between yeah. cross and straight, and so I was like playing like there's like Clementine in there, yeah, and like yeah. a bunch of those tunes. I'm like. Oh wow! I totally get it. I hear it. I see it. I see how that well, works. Uh, That's Jimmy awesome. Jimmy Reed plays almost. He plays blues, but he plays it straight. Straight. Harp. Yeah, that's so weird, right? Harp. Yeah. yeah. All high notes. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. bizarre. Like it's yeah. awesome, but like that's such a. It, it's something I want to get more into, and I just want to unlock more of the, of the harmonica in a similar fashion to like how I was unlocking the fretboard and stuff yeah. like that. You know, which is that's such a cool thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think I just I don't know. I think it's awesome to uh and, and important to have, you know, people that you can kind of look up to as a player and go like, yeah, I can I can I can grow to do that. And then when you, you know, like with people like you when you're like, wow, that guy's such a good harmonica player. What a good drummer. And then and then you start hanging out and you're like, that's a good dude. You know, that's just a good person. And I'm like, fuck, you know. And that I think that's really Really oh, cool. Music, and, uh, music brings us together. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is by far my favorite language, <laughs> and uh, and I've been really happy to uh, speak it with you. Good speaking uh, with you, man. This yeah. has been great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm flying. I got. Go. I know. I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> all right. I'll keep you here. here. I'll all keep day. you here all day. Yeah. I actually have. Um, Just getting started. Actually. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, Al Black from. All those bands, Jackson Delta, uh, Al Black and the Steady Steady Band, Band. and um, the other First Call Fillins. Do you want to... Rick and Gailey I play with regularly when they need a drummer. And Pat Temple. Yes. That's fun. They're all different bands. Rick and Gailey is all uh, British uh, invasion stuff. Yeah. Stuff I grew up on. That was like what I was listening to when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And then Pat Temple, it's all uh, swing, kind of, I don't know what you call it, New Orleans-y kind of gumbo of swing tunes. Yeah, yeah. And... uh, is that it? There's more. There's more. I'm just not thinking of them. That's but, okay. You know but, what? If you if you send me like a list of stuff, I yeah. can put it in the uh, description box sure. for okay. this, and right. then we'll uh, we'll get it all okay sorted. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> right. 
Thank you so much, Al Black. Right. My name is Doss McManus. You've been listening to 646. Have a great day. Bye.